Hey guys, just wanted to let you know, we had some technical issues when we recorded this podcast. I tried my best to put it back to stitch everything together, but uh, we'll see how it comes out. They got us. They found us. You know who it is, right? You know who it is? What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Magical Bro Transformation Podcast, episode 83. I'm your host, Nuni. Joining me today is Juan, right behind me if you're watching the video on our new uh, Patreon, uh, which is happening for sure. OnlyFans. OnlyFans, maybe. And joining (laughs) me and and Juan on Discord are Mike, the guy that's always here, and special guest, Brian. I couldn't think of a good nickname for you, Brian, because I was going to call you like Mecha Man, because you, but that wouldn't make sense because I don't think you've ever been on whatever. I don't think we've even done a Mecha show, but you know, whatever, we're here. It's okay. Welcome to the NHK's My Favorite Mecha. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my favorite Mecha show. Welcome to the NHK. It's uh, just got every genre packed into it. Uh, sure. Sure does. And, uh, just in case you you didn't read the title or you just started playing this for no reason, we're gonna be talking about welcome to the NHK or NHK ni yokoso. And uh, if you're new to this, we're gonna spoil everything. But uh, on top of just giving spoilers for the show in general, I'm probably gonna be talking about the light novel and the manga a lot. So if you care about that, you know, stop. I guess or whatever. It doesn't matter. But yeah. All of you have seen this before, right? Uh, this is the yes. first time. Yes. Oh, okay. So Juan saw it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And he, he did me the honors of uh, watching the, the dub, mm-hmm. which I needed to ask because uh, I went out of my... Like, I own the DVD, and I know it's on Funimation, mm-hmm. but I should also probably have started recording this. Oops. <laughs> Do you have to redo the thing? No, I, I was recording the, I was recording the the whatever, the audio, okay. just not the video. Oh, I see. Yeah, but you know, we'll we'll fix that eventually, I guess. But so I own the DVD, and I know that Funimation has the dub on there. And then you know, currently with the whole Crunchyroll thing, it's everything supposedly being transferred over to Crunchyroll. But we'll see how that goes. But I went out of my way to watch uh, a specific episode in the dub that I really liked, you know, in the Japanese language, to see how they how they did it because I'd like determine if I would give like the whole dub a chance. And then I watched it and I hated it. So what do you <laughs> so so what do you think of the dub one for this show? It had the same voices that you hear the early 2000s, late 90s. I see. <clears throat> so, like, the, the scene that I looked up was, um, like, 
during the off meeting when uh, Misaki and Yamazaki and the chick's girlfriend, uh, boyfriend, uh, soon to be husband, like went to go save them and they were off the cliff. And uh, I, I listened, like, I love the Japanese version because of, like, the way that Misaki says, like, everything. And I really wanted to see how they ha- the dub handled it because I was like, well, if this is done, like, really good, like, it was done in Japanese and I'll watch it or whatever. But I, I hated it. It reminded me of ghost stories. And then I saw that one of the guys that, did the voice acting on there worked on ghost stories i was like oh well yeah i guess this makes well, sense uh so i guess i'm not watching this in english ever but yeah surprised you never watched this one no this is like the first time i've ever heard of it wow i would have never heard of it um had i not found it in a binder of dvds that my uncle left me after he passed away Mm, and i saw it and i was like it was like one of the first things i actually watched afterwards because i was like looking through his collection and uh the dvds actually stuck out to me and i was like oh look at this this is because like um the i don't know how yours look but uh mine was like a box set and like each dvd had like a different color to it Mm. and uh, it had like a, a different character like um like outline to them like a sketch and then like a different color like corresponding with the character and everything yeah. and i was like oh this looks uh neat i really like the way this is like the style of the thing goes and i didn't know what to expect at all from the show like when i first started watching it and um it, instead of uh expecting what i thought was going to be probably like some sort of like comedy or something like that it was it was uh it was i mean there was comedic moments yeah there, there was were comedic, comedic moments there's comedic moments in the show but it was not a comedy no I mean, I don't know. I guess some people could see it as a comedy. Like I, I mean, I, I don't know who those people are, but I could, you know, I could. See you know, them. you know, life sure is funny, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's got yeah. tragic comedy. Okay, can you life, imagine life being that kind of person? Uh huh. <laughs> life is a dark comedy, I guess, kind of deal. But yeah, so. Yeah. And uh, how do you hear about it, Brian? Um, I actually watched it uh, because I um, found the opening song on YouTube. Wow! And I and I found the 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 scene and everything. I just found the opening. I was like, man, that's a good opening. I really like really it. Good yeah, it Let me really watch good. that show. And oh my god, I was not ready for that show. <laughs> Especially because I was like in college and I was going oh, with like. Was- I was going through some things that he went through, and I was like, oh my fucking god, this is this is way too real. Yeah, and you know what? I was uh, I rewatched it, dubbed because I was like, "Fuck oh. it, I'll, I'll see how the dub is." And yeah, I did miss some stuff from the Japanese version, <laughs> like the the way the little guy says "RMT," <laughs> the MMO guy. Like I just missed shit like that. But anyways, um, I just wanted to say that I was hoping that I, when I rewatched it right now, I would be looking at it from a higher point like oh man i remember when that was me i think it turned out still me it's still me yeah i like especially like the show really hit me hard like at the ending when like um like like everything like leading up to it i was like oh you know i still kind of relate to this guy and everything like it still hits home yeah. but like what it really hit me the hardest on the i think it was the second to last episode 
when she offers him that like contract or whatever and he's just like no and he leaves and <laughs> like and then like you know it cuts to him like kind of like you know living his own life by himself and getting cut off by his family and his, his friends sort of all moving <laughs> on without him and everything and yeah, like he's like I guess I yeah and he's like I guess I'd have to get a fucking job now and so like everything like him having to like you know live by himself and kind of like support himself and having to like you know be being forced into the you know the open world and stuff like that like uh that 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 was when i was like fuck man like i i i, I this i'm pretty sure i feel for this guy more now than i did like even on my initial watch yeah i so i think that the only reason that i know about this show is because a girl reached out to me like right after i moved back to del rio from after living in austin the first time i think i was like 21 or 22 years old and she was somebody that i was friends with over an online game that i will not say uh just to like keep her like not found i guess and let's just say she was a little damaged and she's just and the like around that time i wasn't like super into anime like i had watched it and uh, knew about some stuff, but I had stopped watching it. And she gave me like some recommendations, and some of them, like we reviewed on this podcast, and one of the recommendations were was "Welcome to the NHK." And then, like you know, things happened. We stopped talking to each other. And uh, I, when I was watching this, or not, not when I was watching this, but like I, I just had a list on my computer for like years and years and years, and it wasn't until. I had moved back to Austin. I was like, um, what, like 25, I think. And I decided to give it a watch. And I was like, it made me feel very nostalgic because of a lot of things that happened in it were, and you know, like most of, like a lot of the things I still related to at the time. Uh, but a lot of the things I was like, it made me feel very nostalgic because of like, the people that I was around and the things that were going on. Like I was literally living with something somebody that was going through a Ponzi scheme at the time. And, you know, had people that were trying to make money on MMOs and like all this other stuff, which I'm pretty sure relates to the reasons why I hate those episodes the most and refuse to watch them. <laughs> and like I, I marathon this show for 20 episodes in in one day like i started at 10, 10 o'clock at night on like a tuesday because we we're going to record on a friday or something like that and i marathoned from like episode one up to 20 but the second that i got to episode like um i think seven 16 or 17 whenever the mmo stuff started and like i remembered those things so vividly that i was like i don't want to watch this i fucking hate this <laughs> i fucking hate this so much come on dude, so you loved your ponzi scheme mark Oh no! I mean, it wasn't me in the party scheme. I was. I went no, to one of the meetings, but, you know. <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah, like, you "Oh were, god, you were invited this... to them." And I mean, like, uh, didn't at one point I remember you telling me that at one point during the meeting, the guy even said, "Like, this is not a pyramid scheme or something." Like that. <laughs> yes, uh, I remember you vividly telling me that before. Yeah, and then you know, shortly after, you looked up the company, and you're like, "Ah, I see the article of this on this business website is uh." the publicly traded pyramid scheme and how they're allowed to operate. And I was like, I see, <laughs> I, I understand. And, you know, just going through all of that just made me hate it. I forgot how I got here, but that's how I heard about the, 
the show from some damaged girl on the internet that I used to talk to online. Like, <laughs> like I, I have no idea how the fuck she found me. I don't. I didn't know that she even knew my real name. I and that was like the, like the creepiest part, but also like the most <laughs> exciting part because I was like, man, I really miss talking to you. I don't know how you found me. But hey, what's that? Like, I'm not going to ask any questions. <laughs> no, but who is this you're cosplaying in your profile? Oh, what's a Hatsune Miku? I've never seen that anime. That's uh, that's pretty much the person <laughs> that I was around that time. But yeah. Uh, I would say um, the the feeling of like, you know, where you're saying nostalgia is like, um, that's just like the best descriptor for the show in general. I was talking to Brian about this like not too long ago, actually, where it's like I... Um, just hearing the the puru pururin song or whatever, like just hearing that like triggers something for me, and it's like it, it triggers this like intense feeling of nostalgia. But it's like it's not a good nostalgia. Like I, I don't I don't feel great when I hear like oh man I remember no like I start feeling like uh like anxiety rising in me. Like I I genuinely start feeling a bit tense when I hear it. Me too. And it has to be the merchant that's muffled. It can't yeah, be, like, it has to be clear. It has to be on the other side like of the wall. Yeah. It has to sound like it's behind several layers of fucking drywall. And I, then I'm like, I oh, can't yeah. relate. Here we are. So, Juan. That's good, Juan. That's a good thing. <laughs> Seeing as you never like saw it before, and also you watched the dub, like, what do you think about it as you're like the first time watching it? I it's because I before I watched the episodes, I heard Michael and Brian talk about what their nostalgia. Uh-huh. And their anxiety. <laughs> and I was like, wow, it must be a a good or bad anime if they're getting triggered by it. Uh, and then I watched it and I was like, yeah, I understand why, but I can't relate. Dang, Juan was never it's understandable. a fucking loser. No, I mean, it's like everybody has different upbringing. Yeah, and stuff. Like I said, it's it's not a bad thing that you don't relate to this character. No, like, it, it's prim- I mean, it's, it's, it's a good pretty thing. It's, it's a good thing. Sato is all kinds of fucked up. Since the audio and the video and everything kept fucking up when we tried recording last time, yeah. uh Decided to just do a one-on-one thing with you guys, get your thoughts on it, just to fill the void, because I feel like I took over too much of the episode, and I want to hear your thoughts on the show in general, specifically yours, just because... If it wasn't you, if it was going to be Michael's. Yeah, and he's, <laughs> I, I still feel like I took, took uh, over more of the thing than I should have, but I also mm. did that because I thought we'd have a lot of time. Yeah, and then... And then- yeah, you saw. You you were there in real life watching it happen. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, I was I went through the audio to see what we didn't didn't talk about, and the one the main thing that I wanted to ask you was since you since you saw it one in the dub and two without like too much relativity to it, uh, what do you think of the anime overall? Overall, I, I kind of liked it. Um, I don't know. Something about... Even though this style is akin to almost all the animes from the, the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's something. There was something different about it. I don't know if it was the subject or like the 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 characters. Because the, the characters look pretty generic. I don't know. There's just something charming about it. 
Yeah. And I agree. There was like a little bit of charm. Uh, I talked about a little bit through the whole thing. But like uh, not relating too much to the characters didn't really like take you out of it too much. Did you like see it as much a more like a story being told to you? Yeah, it, it was it was a lot of of like just an anime, a slice of life. Because yeah. like like I said in the 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 podcast, like I cannot relate to this. Like I know that like you, Michael, and and Brian, y'all can relate to it because y'all were at one point, you know, uh, similar to the characters. Um, like it, it hit home for y'all, but like I can't. Like yeah, I could you're not a normal relate. Last person. Except, you I know, say- not, not really a normal person, but uh, not a person with the kind of issues that were presented in the show, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, you're not it's normal. one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things where, uh, like, I didn't, I, I guess, I don't want to say had the luxury, but it's like I didn't have, I, what's, what's that word? Like. I the just, wires crossing I your brain. <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't afford to like uh like be a neat. Yeah. Like I had to either be working or going to school. Like I couldn't I couldn't afford to to uh like just be just depressed all the time. Just do nothing. Yeah, like I just couldn't. Um even when I was in college, because all since I was ten or eleven, I started working at the at the taco truck. Um, mainly because like all that money that, that I would be getting, it would go straight to my mom because at that point my mom had like a lot of a credit card like debt. Yeah. And she had like, I think at uh, one point she had like $9,000, which doesn't sound a lot. I know these days. Yeah. But back then where someone, someone like her, she thinks that a credit card is like literally just free money. Yeah. Um, she just kept using it over and over, like in Sears and and all these other like uh, stores. So, it, I mean, it wasn't my decision to work. You're at that of, young age. Yeah, I and mean, I feel like it's also uh, that's where like I would relate to you and the like the part of the anime that I related to the least was the part that he's a neat and he could just stay at home and do mm-hmm. nothing. That was like yeah. a fantasy for me. <laughs> yeah that, that was a fantasy for me too like like fuck i wish i could just not do just anything not, and just have my basics covered yeah yeah dude but, imagine um, your parents were able to give you money instead of the opposite way yeah like instead of uh, the embarrassment of paying for for your your parents debt or rather my mom's debt because even my dad got affected my uh he had to pay like all nine thousand dollars in in one go. Jesus Christ! Why? Because did they just like uh send people to go like trying to collect it? Yeah. Dang. And my mom, my mom is is terrible at just letting it go, thinking like she was gonna like it was all just gonna like disappear. Disappear. Well, yeah. I, I feel like she was probably told that by some of her friends or something because uh, it seems like that's basically like how my dad made an addition to our house uh, was with credit cards. Mm. And, you know, he was also in the, in the same boat where, you know, he would, uh, he wasn't able to like pay for any of my stuff in most of my life, like starting like around your age, maybe a little bit older. I just remember it was, I was in fifth, fourth or fifth, fourth or fifth grade when I started working. 
But yeah. uh, I had to go because, like, he didn't want me to stay at home. And also, he wanted me to help him work because it would, like, benefit him in some way. Yeah. I yeah, mean, but uh, my my dad lived worked at the ranch. He loves working at the ranch. Like, that. that's, I guess, was his calling. Because I guess when I was, he was younger than me, he would work in the ranch. And should, that's all he knows. You should probably tell people what the ranch is for, because, like, I don't think, I think you've maybe brought it up once or twice, but like mm-hmm. I don't think you've ever told people what the ranch is. So, okay, well, like if they don't know what it is, yeah. Well, um, the ranch could be a, a a lot of things. Just think of like a farm, but it's more of an animal husbandry. So, like um, taking care of horses, taking care of sheep or goats. Um, in my dad's situation, or at least you know the first uh, ten to twelve years of my life. He was a foreman at a uh, place at a at a la- land where he would take care of the horses, take care of the sheep um, and chickens. But he was also kind of like the um uh, the guide for the hunters. So you know, mm-hmm. uh, our boss that owns the land, he would uh, you know people would pay to, to go like hunt at his property. Yeah, to go hunt at the property, and you know that property had like a hunting lodge and everything. It's really nice, you know. It's it's an old old hunting lodge from like the fifties, I believe. Yeah, I, um, I, but it. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that I feel like if you grew up in Texas, you kind of like get the idea of what this farm is. But if you're from like yeah. anywhere else, uh, going to like somebody's property and hunting, yeah, probably isn't like normal. Yeah. So. So my dad was the foreman, so he had to take care of, of not only the land, but also the animals and as well as the hunters that would come by and, you know, hunt uh, in our land and, and whatnot. So, uh, um, like I said, you know, all his life, he he did a lot of that work uh, and he likes it. He enjoys it. Um, I came along. I was born and when I was younger, uh I told my dad, I want to be just like you. And I guess for a Mexican parent, they want to hold that against their child, or at least mine did. Yeah. Because you got you did the same thing? I well, I never told my dad that he that I wanted to be like him. Uh because mm. I like resented him. But also my dad had or I resented him from like a young age and I didn't like I hated him and then I didn't like him until I was maybe like twenty three. Mm-hmm. Our, and our relationship mm-hmm. got better but um yeah. he always had that thing where he was like i don't want you to end up like me i don't want you to go have the same job that i have uh i want you to be better you know i'm not fucking breaking my back so you could end up exactly the same as me and you know that whole idea yeah which uh i'll get back to because there's like three stages in that but Mm-hmm. But but yeah, you that that's a good point because uh I hear like a lot of these like Mexican stories or or Mexican American like first generation uh, uh or children of immigrants. Yeah. And and uh people that cross the border where that's that's the, the literally the the same story for everyone like mm-hmm. uh our parents came uh, to the United States uh to find a job uh, literally provide for the children so they can go and live the American dream. Mm-hmm. And then you you hear us, which is like, yeah, parents, you know, came to the United States, worked, 
However, like, <laughs> I don't know if it's due circumstance or because they just thought, like, the the fruits of their labels were just going to fall out of the sky. Yeah. It, it, it sucks us in. It sucks the children in. And now we're the ones that are, like, providing for the parents. Yeah. And for me, like, I... I didn't have to provide immediately. Like with growing up, I just had to like go help them work. And then Mm -hmm. uh, if I ever wanted anything, like if I wanted a game console or something, uh, I couldn't ask them. I just had to go work and then be like, okay, if I go for this long uh, in like this many weeks, can you buy me this thing? And he was like, yeah, as long as you're working the entire time. And I'm like, cool. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, carry a bunch of fucking bags of concrete and, you know, debilitate myself slowly throughout the years. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, but luckily, like, I didn't have to provide directly to my parents until, uh, I want to say, like, six years ago-ish, like, when I moved mm-hmm. back to Del Rio, and then I started, like, um, finally taking initiative in their, like, one, their housing situation and, like, helping them remodel their restroom in their their original house, and then... Mm-hmm. going slowly but surely stepping up above and finally helping them build this house that I'm living in now. And now they're starting to slowly live in uh, just because it's basically close enough to being finished that we could live in it and it's outside of the city yeah. limits so it doesn't have to be, you know, completely done to be in it. But, yeah, you know. like there's no inspections or anything. Yeah. But yeah no, I, no contractor. Yeah, but I feel like you were sucked in like way way earlier than i was into like um having to help your parents yeah i mean my situation is is i don't want to sound pretentious but it is rather unique because you know hearing your story and then i've also heard some people's stories where they would start working um they did it out of circumstance right like where you know there's not enough money so we had to do what our parents did and that is work at a young age Mm-hmm. which shouldn't be the case but but it happens yeah but it happens How, yeah but but that's to provide for the family because the parents aren't making enough yeah whereas uh, my mom more specifically she put us into debt and then yeah uh you just have to had throw to the money enough. into the chasm yeah now we're still in debt like my mom has all these like um she has insurance uh through my dad and she has a copay of like thirty dollars, but she just goes to the hospital or the the, the clinic and oh. just leaves. Like she doesn't pay, so she has like five hundred dollars worth of like just medical <laughs> uh, medical bills, just medical I mean, bills. So and at least so that's my not sister as and I, bad, but it's not as it, bad. If it, but it, if it's constantly happening, then yeah, yeah, yeah it's not. It, it's ha- it constantly happens. Like she would have debt through J.C. Penny. My sister had to tackle that on her own because I was at a point that I could not like provide or I couldn't pay some of that bill off. Yeah. Um, and, and that's because again, she uses a credit card or puts things on credit, um, uh, through JC Penny. And she thought, or she heard whispers of, you know, JC Penny closing and she's like, Oh, I don't have to pay it oh, no. off anymore and just leaves it alone. Little does she know that, you know, JCPenney goes through another, you know, name or a business name. Yeah. So, so she lets that go, goes into debt. And so, um, you know, my sister has to pay that. Uh, I'm helping uh, my 
parents, now that my dad, you know, has cancer, I'm helping my parents with their bills. So it's like internet, light bill. Um, I don't do the, the gas or water mm-hmm. because you had to literally be in Del Rio to pay it, which I don't, it's kind of stupid yeah, of Del Rio to do that. Yeah. Um, but, but I pay anything that's basically, you know, online. Yeah. And it, it's, it's kind of hard, especially if you're one, I live in San Angelo and I have my own bills. Right. And then I yeah. have the, the other bills that, that have to get paid. So, um, I had to like sit down with, with my parents and be like, listen, I, I don't have the money. I like, you think that I have a lot of money, but I don't like one of y'all has to like pay, pay a bill at least. Yeah. But you know, because you also they're, they're complying. Yeah, because you also don't have a bad job, like to mm-hmm. to be fair. But that doesn't mean that you have enough money to provide for yourself and then also provide for an entirely, you know, complete other family. Right. So yeah. so going back to to like me being young, when I was super super young, like like I said, like I told my dad, I want to be just like you, and then like he got really excited about it. But yeah, little did I know is that. My my parents, whatever you tell them, at a stupidly young age, like four, three, five, um, they'll hold that against you. Wow. So <laughs> when I got older and I realized, like, I like to draw, but I can't really make a job out of it because everyone says you can't make a job, you know, doing art. Um, I was like, well, I can be an architect. And then I told my parents, I was like, I want to be an architect. I remember my dad being annoyed and mad. Mm-hmm. Because I no longer wanted to be a rancher. <laughs> so, you know, my dad got over it and he's like, oh, well, you can make our house, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. things, things that they say. So, you know, learning a little bit more about architecture and how there's a lot of math and I'm and I'm terrible at math. I was like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm so good at art, but I can't do that because, you know, I have to provide literally for the whole family. Yeah. So, um. Like on my my last year in high school as a senior, I was like, I can do computer science. Well, I told my parents and my parents are like, the fuck are you going to do with that? Like, how are you going <laughs> to live off of that? And uh, how are you going to make our house? It's like, that's all. That's, that's all. They, that's that all. was in their head. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was basically like my mom's thinking, like, how are you going to make my house? And then my dad's is like, well, it's not. It's way far off from being a rancher. Like, that's all he cared about. Yeah. But but like. They, they counted that against me for years and years until, you know, I had a good job and I'm and I'm doing pretty good on my own. Yeah. Um, and I feel like um, I don't know if this is just specifically like our families in general where like uh, I'm assuming your family is the same where they immigrated from Mexico like their childhoods weren't the best in Mexico. And saying that in a third world country says a lot. And, yeah. uh, like they came over here and they have this idea in their heads that was, you know, that's probably been passed down for generations and where that, um, the children are the ones that take care of like the parents once they, once they get older. And yeah. like, you know, they didn't, it doesn't mean like, oh, I live over, you know, I live far away and I'll send you money every now and then. It means like, in their minds, you literally go and see them, take care of them for a few days. And I don't know if this happened with, like, your grandparents, but my parents would always take care of my grandparents, if not her, their brothers and sisters. And, you know, they would, like, rotate 
especially mm-hmm. near the ends of their lives they would like stay at our house for like a few weeks and then go mm-hmm. to somebody else's house for a few weeks and i i don't know if this is just if it's like a cultural thing where that happens where they're like oh well yeah i have children and they're gonna take care of me and, yeah uh- yeah yeah, that that's uh, something that we learn in college. That's just like a cultural thing where like um, it's an old um, uh, what's what's that word? Like like it's an it's an old thinking. You know, the yeah. children are just gonna take care of me. Like that's the whole reason why I even why gave I birth kids. to you. Is yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, my well, my my parents, my mom. Well, let's take it back. My grandma. Oh. Is actually an American citizen. She is was she? born in Arizona. Yeah. Wow. She was born in Arizona. She has American citizens citizenship, but um, I don't know if it's because she divorced my first grandpa, hmm. um, or because she married my first grandpa a long, long time ago. She moved to Mexico hmm. and then left him, and then got remarried again. And that's where, you know, my mom and everybody, all my, my, my younger tias, you know, were born. Uh-huh. So she still had American citizenship. Um, technically, all my aunts and uncles could get American citizenship through them. Yeah. And some of them did. Some some of them did. One of them, I think, stayed back in, in Nacuña. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, uh, my mom did go to school, I believe, in Acuña and then slowly went into high school um like uh when when she got here yeah uh i don't i think she dropped out of high school and here's the thing that this is this is where i'm, I'm kind of like my parents are just they don't get it because they were given an opportunity like for example my mom was given an opportunity for a ged yeah um a family friend offered my mom like a ged because she was i think pregnant with my sister at the time back when geds mattered in high school yeah diplomas mattered or yeah whatever whatever yeah like but yeah diplomas uh graduation stuff um so she was pregnant with my sister and a family friend was like listen uh you can go back to your GED and get your GED and I'll just pay everything. Like, I want you to have a good life and I want you, your kid, have a good life. And she's like, no, um, I'm going to be a wife now and I'm not going to work. I, that, that was her, basically her, her mentality. Yeah. So my sister was born, then I was born, and then my brother. Uh, on my dad's side, uh, yeah, my dad was a little bit more of like the third world country kind of kind of guy but um he would say that back in the day in mexico they would live in the city they didn't really live in an out you know in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. but they did work in ranches and whatnot and uh kind of kind of like what you told me uh one time like they never used the toilet yeah and the first time that they did it was in the united states and even then like they didn't want to because <clears throat> they were so used to like uh uh going to the bathroom like at a bush somewhere yeah, just like out in the monte. Yeah. You know, just wherever they could. Like at it was crazy because uh or not really crazy, but my dad told me uh when he wasn't like he has been in the hospital in and out of the hospital and there was a point where he was like, Yeah, we didn't even have a restroom. Your mom was rich. She had a fucking outhouse. She could have <laughs> shit inside of a shed. I had yeah. to go out to the bushes 
and look out for the pigs that were trying to lick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like uh, my my dad would tell me that, especially when he was also in the in the hospital. He would tell me stories of like his childhood and whatnot. Yeah, but um, he moved and went to the United States. I I don't want to say legally, but he didn't go through uh, government work. Like yeah. he just went in back when you could. And um, back when you could just cross the bridge with no documentation and just say U.S. citizen. Yeah, that's literally what happened. And he got his residency, but but that's about it. Like he hasn't had he he doesn't have citizenship. He has residency. Yeah. Same with um, but unlike my mom, my dad actually went around the country like he's gone to, I think, California, Colorado, Minnesota. Montana, like he's he's gone a, a lot on the West Coast, you know, of the United States. Was it for work also? It, it was for work. Um, a lot of it had to do with um, cattle herding. Mm-hmm. So, you know how back in the day they would herd cattle from like Texas to Montana or, or back? Yeah. Uh, he would do that. He would he would do that work. And um, he would tell us that like... If someone asked if uh, you wanted to work, you'd say yes, and then hop on a bus with all the other workers, migrant workers, and yeah. next thing you know, you're like three states away. Like <laughs> that, that's how he worked. Like he would just get a job, and next thing you know, he was in Montana. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my parents met like later down the road. Uh, haven't got haven't. They didn't get married until my brother was born. Yeah. So, uh, uh, me and my sister, uh, they weren't, they weren't married, but we were born. Mm-hmm. My brother was born and they're like, maybe we should get married. And, and, and then they like, was a third one. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and then, you know, they, they signed papers. They didn't have a wedding. They just signed the papers. Yeah. But, uh, getting back into this whole thing and, and why this ties to the anime, um, I worked at a young age, and then as I got older, uh, I resented working because I could not do the things that other kids could do, like hang out right. um, or or do all these fun activities or and all that um, sleepovers. Like I couldn't do that. Um, Were you able to leave the like your street, like the area in front of your street, the street of your house? No, and I couldn't even get. I couldn't Go even outside. play with the next door kid. Yeah, so you get it, Juan. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. So, I the first time like we moved into to the, to the house in Dorio because yeah. back then we we were living again at a ranch in, over there in Comstock, thirty minutes away from Dorio. Yeah, when we moved in, the neighbor kid came up and he's like, "Hey, want to play?" I guess his mom asked, you know, "Hey, go tell the the new neighbor kid, you know, if they want to play." So he asked me, and we did play for a little bit, and then like we went inside and we were playing uh, Mario sixty four, and then uh, I don't know what happened. I think my mom like went to that house and was like calling for me, or uh, the neighbor kid like went to the door and to see who it was, and it was my mom, and you know he's like, "Hey, your mom is here," and so uh, she like technically picked me up literally from next door. But when we got to the house, she's like, don't ever go back into the house, to that house ever again. Uh, the parents don't want you there. Uh, and you're just going to be a burden to them. I was like, oh, okay. 
So literally when the kid asked me if I wanted to hang out again, like at, at his house in his room, I was like, I can't. My mom said that that your uh your parents don't want me there. Yeah. And and I guess I shouldn't say that because uh, um I get the kid told uh his, his mom. mom and his his mom talked to my mom and she's like she's like, Why why aren't you letting your your kids, you know, hang out with my kids. Is it because my son is gay? <laughs> and my mom was like, whoa, whoa, that's not it. You know, he just doesn't hang out with other kids. But that's not true. I wanted to hang out with him. No, Juan, you're a freak. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I guess, you know, because he was gay and my mom was like, oh, no, he's going to catch the gay or something like that. So little does she know, but, you know. <laughs> that's and that's but, when you caught it. <laughs> <laughs> I caught it that, that one day and little does she know. But... But yeah, like, like we would always be cut off with like, uh, not being able to hang out with, with friends or not be able to make friends or, or sleepovers because that's, you know, a jacalero, a jacalero, like, I don't know how you would translate it to English. Um, mm. I guess it's just a street, a, a street worker, yeah. like someone that just lives in the street, um, goes to like parties, yeah, parties all the time and stuff like that. So that's what a jacalero is. For those that, that don't understand what that word is, um, kind of like a Spanish vernacular. Yeah. So that was my whole childhood, worked, school, and that was it. I did do extracurriculars like later in my high school, but that's because um, my parent my parents saw it as like a, something that I can write down in my resume or, you know, for colleges. Yeah. So they let me do that, but kind of late, right? Because everyone else has, had done everything for like middle school and high school and i'm barely starting in like in sophomore um but i did it it was kind of fun that was like the only time i could hang out and then when i went to college i couldn't find the job um and the and here's the thing here's the shitty thing i went to college at at exactly the the or or close to the time that we were getting hit by the recession Mm-hmm. like 2008 2009 yeah. yeah sounds about right when when yeah. we graduated right so when i went to college i was like okay first things first i gotta find a job i didn't have a car so i have you know i'm only uh i can only work inside the campus or around it yeah so back then during the recession nobody wanted to to hire you right people wanted workers but they wanted like the Goldilocks worker where they weren't underqualified or they weren't uh, oh. underqualified too or overqualified. Yeah. Um, they already and needed I, to have experience. They already needed to, you know, know what yeah. they're doing, but yeah, not so, want to get paid. Yeah. Ba- basically, they didn't want to train them or anything. They just want someone that just knew the job like all of a sudden. So that's how it was pretty much for the, I guess, the the first three years, like I couldn't find a job on campus and I didn't have a car. Well, my freshman year in college, I couldn't get a job. My sister would constantly harass me because she's one of those that uh, fell into the mentality of like, well, you have to find a job. Like, like it's life or death if, if you can't find the job. Yeah. So she would always harass me. She would always badger me about, you know, not having a job. And what jobs have I, you know, have I looked for today? You know, stuff like that. 
It, it comes to a point where nowadays when she calls me, I dread it. Like I get anxiety attack because she calls me. Yeah. Because I, I'm still thinking like she's going to be harassing me um, if I have found a job, even though I have a really good job right now. Yeah. Um, and it's been but, years and years and years. <laughs> yeah. But uh, apart from my sister, my parents also had this like, well, it must be your fault if you can't find a job. Um, they yeah. didn't understand like the recession was going on because one, my mom wasn't working at that time. And two, my dad working as a rancher is kind of like a, a secure job, especially because yeah, it doesn't really get hit when you're when you're already working for like the rich dude. Right. That owns a property like your your job's kind of like set. Right. So my whenever my parents call me, they're not like, oh, mijo, well, you know, just keep looking, blah, blah, blah. My, my parents would be like, it's kind of your fault that you can't find the job, you know. Yeah, there's, be, there's jobs out there, and, you know, all you got to do is just ask and, and, you know, say, I want a job, and they'll give it to you. But yeah, that's not how that's things not work. How it works. And it's also yeah. what I had to go through, one here on Del Rio, then when I went to college in Kansas, in Kansas, mm-hmm. and then I dropped out over there because I couldn't find a job so I could keep paying for yeah. college. Then came back here and I still couldn't find a job. And I wasn't able to find my first job until I moved to Austin after like saving up some money doing like some a bunch of odd jobs here, which mm-hmm. is not really a job. It's just like uh you know, I I got picked up yes. by some by some uh Middle Eastern gentleman uh who won't you know, some rich Middle Eastern dude and he was like, Hey, do all of this shit for me, I'll give you money. And then mm. he gave me the money, and I got you know severely <laughs> underpaid, as you do. Yeah. And uh, you know, I didn't find a f- my first job until I was in Austin. I was uh, twenty years old, and I yeah, was, I and I'd been applying here in Del Rio everywhere. Yeah. For uh, since I was sixteen, I was looking for a job because I uh, always felt like useless and worthless, and I was like, I need to start putting in some money into this family because. I got I got into the point where like my dad would take me to work but it was more of a burden to him at that point. Yeah. And he would only take me whenever he needed me and mm-hmm. uh like it was only whenever he needed somebody that did like heavy lifting because he was like oh this is all I want to use you for cuz I don't want you to like ruin your knees doing this tile work or doing this other stuff. Uh I just but I do need you to ruin your back and carry all this heavy shit. Yeah, that, that's how I felt too on my first year of college or and the next three years of, of college. Um, I just felt fucking useless. Like my my sister badgering me constantly, my parents saying it's my fault that I can't find a job at, in the during the recession. Like I just felt like shit the yeah. first three years. Um, eventually, I did find a job working as a fry cook so literally working as a, a cook slash bagger in a taco truck to working uh, as a fry cook yeah it, i mean i mean it's it's literally a step up but just one step up it's not like a, an office job which which i was uh, aiming for yeah but uh I, at least it was something at least I, I had a job and i'm okay for now yeah, and I, and I feel like taco trucks nowadays are looked at uh, with a bit more regard as to when we were younger, when yeah. it was like you know just a thing on the side of the road, as opposed to now where like people 
strive to get like a taco truck and make like really nice things in it yeah and and that's the thing my my uncle my late uncle he i i think he owned the first taco truck in del rio um so it was already established at the time and there was very few people that had taco trucks or just couldn't make it with with taco trucks back in in you know the 90s and early 2000s so um even then like 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 you said people didn't really see his taco trucks as like real food like mcdonald's like it, it wasn't established <laughs> and it wasn't convenient it's crazy. It was just tacos it, it's crazy how things flip now that now taco trucks are like real food and mcdonald's is like the fakest shit when we're younger it was a complete opposite yeah like like nowadays everyone has a, a a taco truck or yeah. not even a taco truck just a food truck in general like they like there's food trucks in del rio like in every other corner yeah um and now everyone's like "Ooh, food truck but i think that's an austin thing like yeah uh, for, I don't sure, know. for sure it ha- i saw it happening in austin way and then you know on the tv and bigger cities way more before i saw mm-hmm. it like spread into our micropolitan or however you say that word our our village <laughs> our, our village i mean it's Del Rio's population's bigger than some people's like capitals, but also those True. states are like the ones in the middle of the U.S. that really has nothing going on. Yeah, but you know, well, I we do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but but I guess that that's where I don't relate to the anime or mainly the character is because in my college years, I didn't work, but I did go to school. Yeah. Um. I did feel like shit, but I just couldn't, I didn't have the luxury of like, just laying in my bed. Just wallowing in, in my your depression. Filth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I just didn't have that luxury because in my mind, I was like, well, I have to do this in order to, you know, help out my parents and then get a, get a job when I graduate and blah, blah, blah. But I just couldn't because I didn't have the first step, which was having a job in, in college. Mm-hmm. So, like, there has been times where I'm just like, God damn, I just want to, like, fucking lay around and shit and just not do anything. But, like, I have three programming homeworks and, and all this homework that I have to do. Um, but, yeah, the, I at that point, I don't know if working through my childhood, not having a normal childhood, like, mm-hmm. helps it definitely didn't help that I was in the closet or think that I was in the closet, right? Because according to Mondo, everybody knows that I'm gay, but like, I didn't have those experiences. I didn't, I wasn't able to date in high school. I wasn't, um, you know, able to oogle at the guys and stuff like that because, you know, yeah, early 2000s, early, uh, late 90s, you can't really do that shit. Unless, but, um, unless it's a joke and it's on the television and then it's funny and it's hilarious it's but hilarious. but i think with not being able to interact not being able to have friends not being able to have relationships now it all accumulates to me being in my 30s and i feel like i've missed out on so much shit and i'm at a point where i'm like i just want to wallow in my own filth like in my depression but I can't do that because I'm an old man now. No, you can't, Juan. It feels good. <laughs> just <laughs> I just can, pick it feels a day. Good, but... Just pick a day when you're like, ah, oh, finally, 
I don't have to do anything. I don't have to go out of town. No hospital visits. No work on the weekends. I can just sit here for a few hours and just be a shit. Be the shit I always wanted to be growing up that I never got to be. Well, that's the thing. Like Then you do it for like a day and then shit comes up and you're like, well, I guess there goes my my vacation. Yeah, like that. that's the thing where... I can't wallow in my depression. My sister was able to because um, she she was almost hitting her tenure mark that she could have had um, retirement in yeah. her first job as, as a jailer. Um, for some reason, she prematurely re- uh, quit and didn't have a job, had to move back to Del Rio. And she was depressed and she was in her bed constantly. So for two years, she was, you know, laying in bed. Just, just um, flicking the bean as time goes by, basically, and and just and just you know sleeping the whole time. Yeah, and uh, I was like, shit, I want to do that. Like, <laughs> I want to sit down swallow. and jack off all day. <laughs> yeah, I want to be a neat and <laughs> you know not do anything. No, I just have to work because I'm a man. But um, like like. That that's that's why I say like in the anime and in, in, in my life like I can't relate like I can relate to the, to what's going on I I understand what's going on or what's happening but I can't be like oh yeah that happened to me and and I remember you know being a knee and you know just watching anime all day and just scratching my balls but nah, I just can't yeah and then now here's the other biggest question I wanted to ask you. You should talk mm-hmm. more about that dub, because boy howdy, does it sound like a a rip on good time. How was it? Well, I, was I liked it. Like, it. Fine. I, I like the the main guy, and I say main guy because I forgot his name already. But Sato. I like the main guy's way. What was it? Sato. Sato. There we go. Sato. Um, Sato. Sato. <laughs> <laughs> but but I did like Sato's voice. Um, his friend. You hear his voice every once in a while. He pops up. Um, Yamazaki. Yamazaki. Next door boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, he, you know, his voice, He that voice actor, ha, you know, pops up in a lot of anime. So so was Sato's voice actor. So nothing new there. Um, I don't know. I thought it was okay. I'm just kind of weirded out that... Uh, um, what was the guy's name? The the next door? Uh, Yamazaki. Yamazaki, shit. Uh, Yamazaki is like love interest. Yeah, had a list. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember you like, that up. I was like, that is, that is so random. Like nobody else has like uh, an affliction to their voice or anything or the way that they speak. And this one, this person just decided to do a list. So I don't know if it's because there's a Japanese equivalent of a lisp, and they they thought in, in they the show. Use it. I don't I don't think so. She just kind of has like a cutesy-ish voice. Oh, um, but it's uh, I, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Oh, that or they were trying to like justify Yamazaki being a, a shit. Nah, and I mean, so they they just wanted to do like, you know how you do stupid voices to people. Yeah, that I I think that's what it was. I mean, how was it when, whenever Yamazaki like showed her his room with like all his 
you know, anime and eroge shit. Was she, was it like a serious moment or was it all like one big joke? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Like, I remember, I remember that happening, but I don't you remember just... if it was like serious. I, I think it was like one big joke, but uh, there was at one point where it got like serious for like one second and then it turned into a joke again. Yeah. And then she punched him in the face. Yeah. I, I was just curious about how they handled like certain scenes about it and then then you know after watching that one scene that i that i really i really liked in the in japanese and i didn't like how they handled it in the dub i was like eh, i'll just ask whoever watched it dubbed <laughs> but you know it's also been like over a week and some change since we watched the show so yeah trying to remember now is going to be a little a little difficult yeah it's i'm like my my mind is already wiping it away so I can watch the next anime. Yeah. But um but but yeah, like I overall I enjoyed it. Um don't like Yamazaki. Like you you told me that in, in the manga he's pretty handsome, but like he's a real piece of shit. Yeah. I mean that does, very, he, he very, doesn't, he's pretty handsome, but he doesn't stop being a real piece of shit in any in any iteration of the of the story. Yeah. Real hypocritical, like, like he'll be like, "All oh, women ain't shit," and then like gets a call and, and just like, "Oh, he's just I love. Like, I I need to go with my love and show her." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know that I can kind of relate because I'm that that annoys <laughs> me because you're a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, that that's me. I'm the hypocrite. Yeah, you're the hypocrite. <laughs> I just drop everybody and just fucking. You go, yeah, you go. You're all about your your Skype bitches. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Juan. Was there anything that you wanted to say about the anime that you think you didn't get to say during the show? Uh, no. I mean, like, I understand everyone's ground, like like Michael's, uh, yours, and and Brian's, because I I guess y'all I grew up with the anime, or y'all y'all started watching the anime at a very big moment in y'all's life or or like when the the lowest moment in y'all's life some of y'all's yeah but like i one i didn't have that life experience and two like i didn't watch this anime at the lowest moment of my life so like like this anime is just me watching it as something from the past whereas y'all's watch it as nostalgia yeah and and I don't know, like I wish I had moments like that where like I can be like, oh yeah, I remember watching that as a kid, or oh yeah, I remember you know doing this in high school with y'all. Like those moments, I wish I had. Like when y'all y'all talk about like y'all days in high school. Uh, if Sergio's around and he's like talking about his high school days, I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember that as like a joke. But like <laughs> sometimes I do wish that that there were moments that. I had those, and I could like reminisce with with friends. Yeah, I I'm also grateful for our high school experiences that didn't because most of them didn't happen in high school. They happened outside of high school, yeah. in someone's house or like people that I like. Most of the people that I'm friends with now, I didn't meet in high school. I met them literally outside and like by proxy of somebody, and then we started talking. And uh, most of the people that I talk to now, uh, I didn't know until, like, after school 
had ended, like you and Mike and Brian, and then the other people that I talked to, like we never talked in a high school. It was all like in the physical school itself. It was always like outside, which is like fairly unique. Mm-hmm. But you know, another story yeah. for another day. Yeah, but you know, it it would be nice to have those those uh, those boy hang childhood out, hang experiences. Out. Yeah, like hanging out after after school just for the shit of it has nothing to do with like uh, extracurricular activities. But now you get to do it after work as an old ass man in somebody's house in San Antonio, Juan. As an old ass man trying to catch up because uh, didn't have any ex- of those experiences. Yeah, living fast and hard, Juan himself. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, but also I I couldn't be a neat because I yeah like I mean with you it's like your family yeah your family like you know they wanted you to go 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 kind of deal. I mean that's the thing with me also because I was never allowed to be a neat. Um, I if anything I probably would relate relate with Misaki the most, um, even though like parts of Sato I do relate to, and uh, like but I am like even now I would still consider myself like a social recluse because. There are times when I don't even want to like hang out with my friends or go out and see people because I don't like feel like being around people because I don't like being around people, especially growing up, never being around people just because of where I grew up and I wasn't allowed to go outside because they, you know, trouble happens when you go outside and never like i never had the chance to to be in need but boy would i have loved to mm-hmm. uh, when i was growing up because man imagine having like a family that could let you live and you don't have to do anything yeah and all, all that was expected of you was to like get a job or work or go to college and i was like man imagine that imagine not having to fucking work and feel like worthless because like you're not making any money at all or you're you're still here and you know you're you're helping your family's business but you feel like you're just kind of like leeching off of them or you can't really do anything because you're not really allowed to or you don't have the way to like fix anything which is you know why i relate to misaki a lot uh probably like especially through the light novel the most maybe you know that's probably for a conversation later on in the episode <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know like with with uh, with sato it's like um there were points in time and shit where like you know i have been a i i guess i could say i have been a neat like an on again off again neat where it's like i'm not really super opposed to like working and i don't lack the ability to actually do it it's just more of like a you know i decided whether or not to but um like not working, you know, like growing up or whatever, like coming straight out of high school, it, it's like, you know, it, it wasn't without consequence. Like, you know, instead of like, like it, it wasn't so much like, you know, that you were just like left alone to like, you know, they're just like, oh, yeah, you can just sit there. It was more of like, you know, like, oh, OK, well, now you get to be the uh, how do I put it? Like the uh, the verbal punching bag. And, and then it's like, e- even then, like when you, when, at least in my case, like initially, like, you know, when I, uh, going through that, like coming straight out of high school, like even when I did work, uh, like even through high school, it was still like constantly being like, you know, like 
oh, well, you don't do anything around the house or you're always going to do this or that. And it's yeah, just it's like, you just know, something even if. Yeah, it was like it, it was never. I, I think that's the other thing, too, where it's just like I grew up in a, an environment where it was like, regardless of what I did, whether I was working or whether I wasn't working, it wasn't so much a big deal. It was more just that, like, my family used me kind of just like as a stress relief toy for a while. Yeah verbally though so it was like well whatever but yeah so that that was my thing growing up and i think that that and like other various factors throughout life have kind of like you know they killed my motivation and desire to like do a lot of things and yeah. so like I, I i back then like i could identify as like sato a lot but mm-hmm. as i've grown older and stuff and like you know things have changed and like for the better for the most part and stuff it's just like I still feel for Sato a lot, and I think it's also more of a like his perspective on things mm-hmm. that I I feel the most for now. Yeah. Um, I I've always um I don't want to say appreciated, but I've always like um understood like his view on like death in general, mm-hmm. and uh like that scene at the end or whatever when uh Misaki's like you know ready to go and kill herself basically or like jump off the bridge um. And he's, like, reasoning with himself about, like, whether he even really, you know, has the right to, like, stop her. And that, yeah. like, because he himself doesn't really view death in as such, like, a, or in, like, a very negative light and everything. I was like, yeah, I could, I still could see that. So I was like, oh, yeah, like, I, I still really identify with Sato. All right, Mike. You and me. You came on right after Juan, so uh, mm-hmm. the anime is fresh in my mind. In that okay. we barely talked about the anime, and we talked more about Juan's upbringing than anything. Okay. Yeah. So, before anything, do you think there was anything that we you didn't get to say that you wanted to say when we did the podcast? Um, no, speci- not really. I feel like I like um bringing up Juan's like uh you know like you, you saying that he brought up his upbringing I, I feel like I got to like discuss that more or less like uh at least in my like how things work for me um yeah. you know I suburban upbringing um things were more of a like um as far as like being a neat because like I remember you two discussing how like you know not working or whatever wasn't really like an option for you or something like that and it's like for me it was like the option was there, but it was one of those where it was like, sure, take it. And and that means that, you know, now you're you're liable to become the emotional punching bag of the family, essentially. Yeah. And so that that was like the, the deal for me. And like it, it was like a trap a lot of the time because um in so many cases, like my uh like my parents, like when I was like, you know, still like a teenager and stuff, like they would be like, You don't have to work, or like, why are you working? You're working long hours because uh my very first job, um, still in high school was at McDonald's. Yeah, and uh, I I would work the evening shift, so I'd get out of school and I go straight over there. I also had like stuff going on um, at school because I was in the JROTC program, and yeah. so um, buttoned up, Mike. Yeah, I, I was I was so prim and proper, and uh, <laughs> so posh, and yeah, and yeah. it was crazy because it's like it, my like my dad was always telling me like, oh yeah, you don't you don't gotta like go to work he's like you know you're always uh you know tired and stuff like that and i I think it's fine for you to focus on school and your studies and stuff like that and so one day um i was forced to choose between like continuing to work or like to um like focus on like you know the extracurricular activities at school and stuff and so i was like fuck it and 
I did the whole like sitcom thing where I unbuttoned my shirt and I threw it at the manager <laughs> and I like no joke like ex that's exactly how it happened because she's like you have to choose between this job and that and I was like well fuck you then and so I just gave her the shit and I called my dad and everything and, and he was like yeah you know that's good you know focus on school but then like you know months down the line like it, it started changing and he was just like well you don't do anything around the house and you're always you know, going out with your friends and doing this and that. And like, why, why don't you go and get a job? And I was like, you fucking told me like, I didn't and told him like, told it, it was just, to. yeah. And it was just like endless cycle of that for the longest time. And yeah, then how dare you be a teenager, Mike, a teenager in America, nonetheless. Yeah. It, it's just, it was just, <laughs> it was this crazy whiplash of like things going on with that for a while. And I don't know. I eventually powered through it and like getting out of school, like it took me a while to like get a job again, but I eventually caved and my first like adult job was actually working in a corrections facility, funny enough. And yeah, that was pretty much my career for like three years or so. One year in the facility that you and I uh, worked at and then, you know, the other uh, the other time, like in in another city uh, working at that one. And that one was a real shit. Yeah. And so, yeah, like that, that was really my experience with like that kind of situation. And then, I don't know, like sporadically throughout the years, there'd be, there's been moments where like I don't really, uh, where I haven't worked and stuff. So that's why I mentioned before, like on again, off again, need, I guess. And it's always the same situation where it's like, um, I still have some money. So I'm like supporting, like, you know, I'm still helping like my family or whatever. But like, they'll still always say like, oh, well, you don't get an opinion on this matter because, you know, you're not working or whatever. And I'm just like, even when I'm working, you never give me a fucking opinion, but whatever. <laughs> so I don't know. It's always just been this like strange, like in regards to like money and working, it's always been like a weird relationship, like with my family. But, you know, everything yeah. else is fine. Like overall, like I'm fine with my family. It's just when it comes to money and like that kind of topic, it's like it's always been such a strange. Yeah. So like the. Like, I, I really resonate with the main character um, in this a lot, especially nowadays, like, especially like towards the near the end of the show where like he cuts the what's her name off after uh, he refuses her contract for like them to join, become, like to get in a relationship. Because yeah, like that whole montage was just like, that was my like that. That was so like my my life, like at one point where it was like. I'm really depressed. I can't do anything. And I just wallowed in bed for like months. And then one day, like, you know, you just get cut off and it's like, okay, I have to like everything just I happens all at once. For me, it was like I had a family member that I was really close to suddenly like passing away. Mm. And so uh, my family decided to like up and move and we were going through like some financial issues and all this shit happened, like piled on, like literally like one after the other. Yeah. And so I was like, fuck. And like I, I had to like get up and actually like support myself. So it was like. Uh, I guess this is the moment where normally people are like, you know, I just got over my depression and started. It was like, no, I just became a, I just became a, a functioning depressive person. And so yeah. I just went to work. It's like, like you, you just continue working. And I love how they displayed that in the show where it was like, yeah, the main character gets, yeah, he gets his job, but you could tell he's still the same. Like he's still, yeah, not, you know, the only thing that changed is that he, he works now. Everything else yeah. is pretty much like it's the same person. Yeah, is, like nothing. There's no dramatic like shift. Like, oh yeah, once I joined the workforce, like I became a better person. It's like it doesn't, not, yeah. you know, it doesn't work. And like, but you, I mean, you, but we need money. Yeah, I mean, and much like the rest of the show, like you, you feel good like in spurts, and you'll always feel good for like a little bit, but then you'll get back to, you know, your like yourself, and back to like 
your lifestyle that you're accustomed to living, which, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. And, you know, you just kind of learn to cope with it. Yeah. And I feel like that's like the overall message of the show where it's like things aren't going to like dramatically change for you, especially when you're in a shitty situation. Um, Like, don't ever expect that. And that's just not the reality for the majority of people like that. It's like, you know, you got some like problems going on in your head and stuff, and that's just not going to change overnight. Like, you can't use like these like fix all things to like, you know, completely change who you are like from one day to the next. Yeah. So it's like you got to take things like day by day. And I, I really like that message about the show. Yeah. And I think in some way, like unintentionally or maybe intentionally, like Misaki using like all those self-help books and uh, psychology books and, you know, all these other things and reading them to Sato is like a like an allegory for, you know, the fix all being like read to you and telling you this is what's going to fix it. This is what's going to fix it. And, yeah, you know, you just kind of like hear it and listen and you take it in. But you can't like. It doesn't really. You can't do really anything. parse it. Like, yeah. it, like you can look at all these things, but they can't really like affect you and stuff. And then, like I, again, I called to the whole situation with that person you knew. They got involved in the MLM scheme, and yeah. how he had self help books like littered in his vehicle and stuff. And it's like, and I mean, did that really work out for him? Then it's it no, I, like <laughs> <clears throat> like a lot of things. It's uh. You're you're being told these things, and it's it's always a matter of how you choose to take in this information. Because like you can't just just take in one person's like life experiences and then apply it to yours and assume that everything's going to change like overnight. Because not every you know every person nobody's special, but everybody's unique. And you know that unique thing is you know, the thing that's going to keep you from being exactly the same as that other person. So you know looking for a fix-all ain't gonna fix it all yeah that's just how it goes and uh trying to like i I think it's like the that situation of like trying to find like um a one-size-fits-all kind of situation for like one-size-fits-all solution for like things and it's like it doesn't work i mean it doesn't work ever like i mean it's for 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 like mental health for weight loss for um, for lots of things, financial issues too. It's like there's never one solution that fits just anybody. No, but there is, and they'll sell it to you. Like just you, you just, <laughs> you're just not thank doing you, it right. snake oil salesman man. <laughs> and uh, when did so you said that you found the anime in the binder of DVDs that your uncle had? Yes, uh, the, like, the binder he had left me. Yeah. Like, how old were you when you watched that? Like when you first um, watched the show. He passed away after I um, had already graduated high school. Uh, that was actually around the point in time that I was like at my low, like I, I was at probably the lowest point in my life when I actually watched this show the first time. Mm-hmm. I was about twenty, <laughs> about nineteen, twenty. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so I, I I watched it and I was like, damn, I I I really uh, appreciate this show. But for some reason, I feel like over the years, like I've grown to appreciate it even more now. So. Yeah, and I, I feel better than way. before, but yeah, like I feel like I've grown to appreciate like you know the message and everything about it like a lot more than before. Yeah, and I feel like that that's like a thing with uh that with I guess with you and me I guess I'll see with uh Brian right now and is that like we watched it like at our or near our lowest point in our lives like 
coincidentally, even though we're at like different ages currently, like, yeah. you know, you're, I'm older than you guys and mm-hmm. I think you're the youngest, right? Um, I think so, but not a huge difference between me and Brian. Yeah. I mean, me and you, it's only like what a year and a half or so or something. Or... I'm 31. I don't know how old you are. Oh, then, uh, I'm about to be 30. So, whoa, you old fuck. <laughs> I know, right? I'm only I'm only like a few months away from it. So. Jeez, I thought you were like 28 or something. I thought isn't no, Mark 28 no. also? Mm, no, I don't know. Mark is probably like 29. Uh, also, he's I'm got friends to be friends with old fucking shits. <laughs> I know. You thought you were friends with cool hip young people? Yeah, cool and... hip 28 and 27 year olds. <laughs> But no, we're all we're all reaching that. We're gonna be those old weird people at cons soon that we look up to. Soon, <laughs> we, we already are. Well, I mean, I have to go balding first. All right, I guess. And uh, whenever that happens, whenever that happens, just just keep the hair short. You'll be able to see it less. <laughs> but yeah, because like I I watched the anime. Uh, I want to say like two years after the lowest point in my life, which coincidentally was like. After the first year that I found a job and I was living in Austin, but I was also like living, uh, like uh, I had always not lived like a great life. Like my home life mm-hmm. wasn't amazing, but this, like I was living in a boarding house, uh, next to a bunch of like crackheads and like a, uh, the building wasn't really dilapidated, but you know, it wasn't too great. The, the window was missing and it was just replaced by plexiglass with like tape on it. And the my heater was just like a little tiny gas heater in a corner of this like big empty room with <laughs> with furniture that I got ne- from next to a dumpster from a bunch of frat boys that tossed it out. Like living at a or working at a gas station, barely making it by, and eating like hot dogs that were that <laughs> like I would replace the trash bags and toss away the hot dogs and the tornadoes and like the hot foods and then i'd bag them mm-hmm. up and i'd talk i'd take them to the back and because i used a brand new trash bag i was like all right i'll take these home after work and <laughs> this is how i'll get by so like i didn't get to watch it then but i watched it two years after when i had moved back to austin and i like had a much better living situation and like you know like everything was better so it was mm. more like of a nostalgic thing of like, oh man, I remember when my life fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah, and that's really like uh, the reason the show gets me the way it does. Like, uh, like we mentioned in the show proper, like the the Pururin song, like hearing it in the proper way, like where it's muffled behind like several doors, just a bunch like. Of walls. Yeah, like, like just hearing that song triggers like this, like this feeling in me. It's a nostalgic feeling, but it's not a good nostalgia, like you said. It's like <laughs> it's just like I remember, like you know, that that point in time where I'm just like, fuck, man. Like I don't like, like I don't even like have to think of like the memories themselves. Like my body just immediately remember. I'm like, oh man, I fucking hate that <laughs> shit. <laughs> like I don't want to go back to that. Yeah. Working at a fucking diner, eating. Uh, um, I had no money, so I was eating literally the rolls and stuffing them with butter and cheese, <laughs> and then I, that was like how I ate. Uh, I mean, nutrition. it's good, you know. I mean, that's pretty much everything you need, but I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, bread, yeast, and milk, and yep, there you go. <laughs> Pure uh, butter. 
So would you like? I want to ask this to Juan, but I felt like he was probably not like not the word like not the best person to ask. I guess just because he didn't have the same or a similar situation. Like, would you ever recommend this to somebody that's like currently going through like something like this? Like, let's say a friend of yours that recently quit a job and you know is very similar to the character of sato himself um i feel like yes um i i would tell them like hey you should watch this uh because i don't necessarily because like i like i like the show because it's not really like a like you know show this to someone and it'll change their life kind of thing it's just kind <laughs> yes. of like a like this is relatable kind of situation that's that's what i like about it it's not like it's not glorifying being a need or anything, but and it's also not like completely shunning the person. It's just kind of like this is the guy's life and this is what he's doing. Look in the mirror, you filthy fuck. <laughs> and here's other people involved with him, and this is what happens when uh, you know, like these are like you know these shitty people, and they're all trying to you know, like they're all basically one upping each other. Where this girl's trying to look down on this guy, even though she's like just as fucked up as him, and. And then there's this uh, incel guy here, and it's, it's it's just a very like you know it's a it's an interesting thing because like it's these characters that like on the outside they seem all right, but you know you you dig in and it's like oh man these people are fucked yeah. And in a lot of cases like you could relate to each and every one of them if you know you're a certain kind of person yeah. All right, Mister Mike, any last words before I cut you off from from the peoples? Uh, no, I mean, uh, I, I got out more or less like exactly what I wanted to say last time. So I guess just adding a little bit more, you know, to what I said now is uh, I, I think I'm good. I think I said my piece. All right. And then with this anime, it's also like well, we were talking on a discord with one of the people that listens to our podcast and uh like he was asking me about the NHK and like like what I think about it and he was talking about how he's interested in like you know the hikikomori as like it's it fascinates him or whatever and mm-hmm. I, he was asking if I would like recommend watching it and I like I, I this is like a conversation that I'd rather have like in person than like through because uh, the, then I'd have to like type a paragraph of text and be like well <laughs> you, you, like. Weighing everybody the pros and cons. like everybody has views you know everybody has their own life experiences and they choose to view that life through the lenses of those experiences and you know the reason that i enjoy like the reason that i love this anime so much is because of you know what i've been through and what's happened in my life and that's why uh i'm able to like relate to a lot of these characters or a lot of these situations or people around me have been through this or have told me about this and you know i've seen it with my own eyes and all that stuff but i like i can't i'd have to know you better in order to like actually relate or actually recommend this anime to you probably uh because if you just ask me hey should i watch welcome to the nhk and you're like my cousin who watches uh, Attack on Titan and like other shonen shows. I'd be like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know you that well. I guess apparently, if I have to ask myself that question, the show but, does like seem to like you know where it it requires like a or like I, I guess like it has like a certain audience, like yeah. a target audience. I guess 
So uh, yeah, I, I agree that. <laughs> yeah, like I agree that I don't think it would appeal to everybody because of how self-indulgent it is, mm-hmm. especially the ending. Yeah, I mean, like even he, um, Miguel was even asking us, um, like if he should read the manga, or he was saying that he was going to read the manga instead, and. The manga is a whole other can of worms because it's like um, it deals a lot more with because I, like the reason that I like the anime is because it makes me feel nostalgic because I've I've gone through everything and I've lived that and like all the bad things I can let like I could set aside and you know forgive and forget and all that stuff and you know all the relationships that I've been with like with all these people like i can forget everything bad and just remember the good but the manga and and i feel like the the anime portrays that version of like my experience whereas the manga reminds me of like all the horrible fucking shit that was happening around that time and i'm like man all these people are fucking pieces of shit and i know every single one of them and what a lot of them are me. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I hate this. I don't want to fucking read this. I can't imagine like somebody, like if somebody that's never been through any, if if somebody's never been through like, I guess here's spoilers for the manga, like a relationship that Misaki and Sato had in there, where like Misaki would always like she would like actually try and brainwash and manipulate Sato, try to keep him for herself because, you know, in the same way as like the anime, uh, she just wanted like a pet. She wanted somebody that was like lower of a, a lower life form than her that would like, event, like give her merit in her life. But <clears throat> she would also like, anytime that Sato would do something that she wasn't happy with, she would think of ways to like, get back at him make him feel bad make him feel horrible and like ma- she wanted that gratification of making him feel like shit and i was like oh no i've done this i've been through this like and sato would probably like he would do the same thing he'd like think to himself i don't want to you know i i don't want to do any of this and i don't want to go through these relationships but i feel bad for her and you know, I but also at the same time, you know, fuck you for making me do all this shit, and I'm don't, I'm only doing this because I feel bad for you, and you know all this other stuff, and like the fights of and the constant thoughts of suicide, and like the uh, like the extreme degeneracy that's gone on in the manga. I was like, oh, oh no, I hate this. I don't like this. I I want to go back to the anime, and that's like like that's kind of the reason that I like the anime the most. I actually like the light light novel the most, but uh, I went out of my way to read the manga just to see like what's different about it. And I would probably not recommend the manga unless you're like really into uh, like feeling like shit about yourself, I guess, which I'm not. What's the difference between the man- uh, manga, the anime, and the novel? They're all three completely different stories. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, whereas where the anime is a combination of the light novel and the manga. <clears throat> and the manga is an adaptation of the light novel, but it adds a lot. And I'm not sure why they added they added as much as they did. Like the entire MMO aspect and Ponzi scheme stuff that went that happened in the in the show wasn't in the light novel, but it was added in the manga. 
and it was like such a big part of the manga like the the character that little like munchkin character that he was friends with uh stayed a main character or like a secondary character until the very end and the same with like the the uh ponty scheme girl she stayed a main character until like the very end like the sec in the manga the second that the off meeting happened like it split apart so drastically that i was like i don't know uh i i didn't know that any of this happened in the manga like i wouldn't even have guessed and but also like in the light novel there wasn't even an off meeting like that senpai that he had that whole relationship within the anime she was just kind of like a a character in the light novel and like everything that happened with her and sato uh happened in the, like their first meeting after high school where apparently they had already had sex in the high school and in that meeting she was like yeah so turns out i'm getting married and i'm pregnant hey you want to have an affair like all of that just like happened all at once and then she was like kind of you know just an afterthought and then brought up later whereas in the manga she was unentwined love interest and was kind of like in the in the anime except it was like a bit more extreme there because her and sato like lived together for a little bit in sato's old apartment because of like a, a bunch of other stuff that happened but misaki had like an uh hikikomori relationship kind of like with sato with that little munchkin mmo guy the you know that that uh ponzi scheme girl's sister and like <clears throat> he fell in love with her and misaki was like super into him because she was like it finally happened my you know everything that i wanted to happen with sato is happening with this guy i fixed his life he is now like a, a cram school teacher and all these other things are happening and then like the Ponzi skin girl became a hikikomori and the fucking rampant drug use that happened in the manga Jeez. isn't happening in the in the anime and then the the like extremed up version of that that happened in the light novel that talks about DMT and ayahuasca and mushrooms and like the manga all this really other stuff. turned into like a fucking <clears throat> requiem for a dream well, I was gonna say more of like, uh, what's that? What's that new show that everybody? Euphoria. Oh, Euphoria. Maybe. But that's for yeah. high school. And like well, the, yeah. like the, uh, it's it's on like the amount of like drug use that happened in the light novel. Well, like I I finished reading the manga first, and I was like, that's a bit more drug use than I expected. But you know, whatever. Uh, that's cool. And then the amount of drug use that was in the light novel, I was like, Jesus Christ, that was nowhere near. <laughs> like. I can't believe the manga didn't do this much drug use. It's crazy. Like, this guy was fucking high so fucking much. He tripped fucking balls. This Yamazaki was such a fucking piece of shit in the light novel. He wanted to kill people. Like, he was making... <laughs> oh. he, he was making a bomb, like, to try and, like, kill a bunch of other... Like, to try and kill the villains because he fucking went crazy because women are bad and this and that. And that happened in the manga too, but it was like sli a slight slow progression. It wasn't like as extreme as it was in the light novel. And then, like, like the I mean, very, the very the, last I, I, episode. I can see that. I can see that because, like, Yamazaki was always a bit unhinged in the anime. Yeah. yeah. He was and, an so insult. I could, 
Yeah, no, he was beautiful. I, I, Juan. He wasn't. He was like, beautiful in the light like, novel and in the manga. Yeah, because it's like in the anime, I was like, you know, I I could like I I could understand like some of the reasons why this dude was like kind of fucked up inside, and he did well like hiding it. That's why I liked his character a lot because like. Yeah. He 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 buried it deep down and like tried to play it off as like it's kind like of us. comedic and shit. It's like us. Yeah, but it's like you could you could see that like tinge of like insanity going on in him, and I'm like, this guy's like one bad day from shooting up a fucking mall or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he would have those outbursts. No, like, he, a lot. yeah. Like Yamazaki was bad. Like uh, like and there was like the show would play it off comedically sometimes. Yeah. Like that whole uh, that whole uh, episode when they were uh, cramming to get that video game done because mm-hmm. he had to show up his uh, ex uh, fucking what were they his um like college um, friends yeah, or whatever his friends. classmates yeah yeah <laughs> and like um, he started having that fucking episode about um, the fireworks festival or whatever yeah. I was like this guy is all sorts of fucked up and then I, I think actually the fireworks thing was like the catalyst for everything because that's when he became obsessed with um not common writer yeah about killing the villains and i was like oh fuck this guy's this guy's <laughs> fucked up and like rewatching the show i was like i forgot yamazaki was this bad Dude, rewatching I, and this- so like yeah and so he and so like you saying that he was worse in like the the other iterations i'm like yeah i could see how they could easily amplify this guy yeah and like rewatching the show like I remember that I really, really liked the show, but then I started watching, and like the first episode, I was like, "Oh, I didn't remember Yamazaki being a character. I didn't remember this <laughs> video game thing being like in the entire show." And it turns out I didn't remember anything from this anime except for what I hated <laughs> the most, which was like the MMO parts. Uh, and like after after I rewatched it, I was like, "Holy shit!" Why did I forget so much things? Do I hate like this so much? And I, I think I do, because like, <laughs> like anytime an just... MMO episode happens in like an anime that I'm watching or in anything that I'm watching, I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking throw up in my mouth. It happened Actually, in like Paranoia Agent. Oh, yes. hold on. Uh, oh, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. No, you go, Brent, or you go, Juan. Okay, no, it, it's just a, uh, uh, in the dub, Yamazaki's love interest in college. Yeah. For some reason, they gave her a lisp. Yeah. <laughs> what? It Why? was bad. I, I hated guess, it. I, I guess it was supposed her. to be a dialect or something, but it was terrible. It was horrible. <laughs> I don't that's, that's so fucking... That sounds so off-putting. Like, it, it is. What the fuck? And she was like, supposed to be a voice actress, too, so it was yeah. just so fucking... Oh, my God. Kind of weird. And wasn't she supposed to be, like, a good voice actress also? Yes. So, uh, so <laughs> maybe she could hide the lisp. When she voices, she, she just she's like amazing. disables the lisp when she begins doing her roles. But she's like, "I'm sorry, Yamazaki." <laughs> oh, God, was it really that bad? <laughs> yes. Oh no, Jesus fucking Christ! Oh, okay. oh my God! I mean, maybe it was an inside joke because, like, whenever I like when I watched that serious episode or when I watched that serious moment in the dub, I felt like just that scene i was like oh so i guess they're just kind of having fun with it which is like the voice actors were taking the yeah, piss which is which is cool if it's like a comedy or something and you know maybe they viewed it that way maybe they viewed I mean, this as yeah a comedy. i'm assuming the voice actors didn't relate so they're like ah fuck it they're being nah, they, nah, look they're so funny <laughs> so so haha <laughs> um, yeah no uh, what i was gonna say earlier is just that I also had a similar experience like you, Nuni, where like I watched it a long time ago, and then I was like, "Oh, that anime was good." It was. I had been. I remember like the pressing parts of it, but I didn't remember some like specific details and stuff. 
Yeah. And actually, um, I always been carrying the idea ever since I watched the, this anime about that thing he mentions about, like living in a simulation in a world of aliens <laughs> like he's like the only one yeah and i have always carried it and i didn't remember it came from this like at least the first time i've been exposed to it it was from yeah. this anime and i've always been like thinking about that when i'm like really depressed and i remember like one of my worst episodes that i had the uh depression i would always think about to myself like man if this was a simulation it would be like super cheap to run. They don't even gotta like fucking <laughs> animate any NPCs. I'm just staying at home. And I fucking um, they, 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 they my friends are just voices shit. on the computer. They don't gotta render anything. Yeah, it's like I must be the cheapest simulation. Ever. <laughs> they don't gotta do shit. There's like nothing uh, going on. Yeah, we could just. I'm ready whenever. I already started recording. Oh right. boy! Hello, right. hello. <laughs> All right, Mr. Brian. Here's one of the main things that I want to tell to ask you because I got to ask Juan, but he also had never seen the show before. But you you had already seen it when you were younger, and now you're 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 an old fuck. But how mm-hmm. was the dub of the show? How was the what? How was the dub? Oh, the dub. Okay, yeah. so uh, see, I don't actually have a lot of experience watching dubs because I kind of just skip them. Yeah. However, I, I feel like that's uh, what most of our friends do, also. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of like never really like, um, like I usually just prefer subs. But um, I mean, honestly, for what I wanted it, it was pretty good <laughs> for an because... easy, quick rewatch. Yeah, for a easy suffering session, it was what it was, you know? Um, yeah. There there was some, like, things that I missed, like I said, from the original one. There's still things like the, like, certain sound bits that are, like, engraved in my mind from the original one. Like, the way the, the Totoro-san was saying RMT, like, <laughs> that's just, like, in my brain. I can't see <laughs> RMT without, like, hearing him. Yeah. But, um... You know, for yeah, like I said, for like a quick rewatch and be like, yeah, I remember all of this. Oh no, I remember all of this. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah. And then you said you were in college when you first watched it. Like, at what time in college were you? Because like, you actually went the full time and you got your degree and all that. Yeah. So actually. Uh-huh. It was like my first uh, year of college, so it actually hit me pretty hard because it it was like I the felt exact like situation. him. <laughs> yeah, I felt like him. You saw the uh, people laughing. I, I I didn't actually ever get to that point where I saw the people laughing, but yeah. I did notice that there was like a big divide between like how easy it was for me to make friends back in like high school and stuff yeah. and how it was like struggling to make like any actual friendships in college because yeah. pretty much everybody in college has their own shit going on yeah. and everybody just goes to class and leaves. And you know, if you don't actually go out there and actually try to hang out with people and actually try your best to like be sociable and stuff, yeah, you know, you, you might actually not end up meeting anybody for more of like, you know, like kind of. Like, I would explain it more like a like a coworker type of deal. Yeah, you know, like you see them in class, that you see in class, and talk to every now and then. 
Yeah, but they're not really your friends. So, um, so yeah, I was like noticing that with me that I couldn't really like make any like friends. I was just making like uh, acquaintances. Acquaintances. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and and you know, it, it kind of hit me hard because it, it would also like, um, you know, it made me depressed a little bit, but. Then also like having so much freedom that I you know I, I live all my life with my parents constant like surveillance of me yeah and then I was like away from them finally and um, I could do whatever the fuck I wanted and turns out that whenever I want to do whatever the fuck I want is like be lazy as <laughs> yeah, shit yeah just be lazy as fucking sit around <laughs> yeah so yeah it actually hit me pretty hard when I watched it the first time I remember. It's one of the main reasons why I like that anime because I think it's really real. Like you can, like you can I don't know. I guess it. not everybody. Yeah, I guess not everybody will relate to it. But even no. if you can't relate to it, I think you can understand that there is people like that. Like you know, there's people in those scenarios. I'm pretty sure everybody has at least maybe even heard of or has somebody in their family that has gone through similar situations like the pyramid schemes and stuff like that like yeah. I, I don't think it's like as obscure thing you know so i think which is something i wanted to talk about on the on the podcast where we're all talking together yeah i think i would recommend it to anybody i would just give him a fair shot that it's not like you know you're or fair warning like it's not gonna be your Oh, I'll feel great anime. It's actually, you know, kind of like a realistic anime, like, you know, kind of like real people, what they go through, which is something I enjoy. I don't know if everybody enjoys that. Yeah. Like, it's it's weird saying that um, this anime has, like, realistic situations because, you know, like, there are parts that are exaggerated, like, at times for sure. But, <clears throat> like, uh, I guess, like, the situations are more, like, resolved in a way like it is real life like I, I think we were, we said this in the podcast i don't remember if it recorded or not but like how um like the solutions to everyone's problems isn't like uh, one big like happy ending it's just more of like a uh and then i got a job and i kept living my life exactly <laughs> it's not like a yeah it's not like whoa today uh, everything is just solved yeah, now you know? everything like, is better I, I i'm rich and i'm married now and you know all of that no we kind of just you... learn to move on yeah and that's what the characters do there too yeah just kind of live and grow and when yeah. you were when you're going to college was were you like uh were you living by yourself or was this like when you were living with your brother so at first I was living by myself. So Whoa. yeah, um, you were all so Pacino. I did. Yeah, so I, I was like, yeah, I was like the perfect like target demographic <laughs> for that show because I also, um, well, not at the time, but like, I, like not too long ago, I had like really gone into like deep into the MMOs and stuff. I, I had even like a long distance relationship through MMOs. Yeah. So I really also felt that arc like really badly. So, you know, it was I was like in prime for watching that anime the first time and it really hit me. So it's always been like a like an anime I always remember and you know, which is also like why Pururin always gives me PTSD, but it has to be the muffle version. <laughs> yeah. You know, the puru puru pururin through the fucking wall. Yeah. But I mean um yeah i was by myself at that time. Uh, what, what once my brother came back it wasn't that bad anymore. So Okay. And then, was it like was there anything that you think that you wanted to say that you didn't get to say? 
or you think maybe didn't get recorded <laughs> uh, when we were doing uh, the podcast? Um, I guess just like it's just clarifying that um, the main difference between watching it back then and watching it today. Um, back then, I actually saw it as a as a thing to not become like yeah. like as something that I was like, damn, I could totally see myself going through this if I don't like watch myself. <laughs> yeah, <if you> <laughs> it's like a cautionary tale. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I I can totally see myself de- definitely hitting those lows. So, I mean, it did. It, it, it did, you know. It was one of those few animes where I actually got something out of, and um, you know, something good. Like I, I wanted to better myself and everything. And then when I rewatched it now, um, I did get a lot of like, I guess, lost uh, nostalgia for everything because uh, I still remember like most of the things that I went through that reminded me of through the show. Yeah, but. Um, you know, there's like some things that it's just like they they have stuck with me that I didn't remember. Like the thing I mentioned, like I have yeah, the, always like br- the alien simulation thing. I always have it in my mind. Like <laughs> every every time, like I don't go out for too long. If I stay at home, especially now that I'm working from home a lot, like if I don't go out a lot, like I'll be like, man, this is a fucking easy simulation for the. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna and, render shit. Yeah, you gotta make you gotta make them work, Brian. You can't just let them not not render anything. <laughs> so yeah, like I guess uh, it, like it, you know, like uh, going back to that, like now it was more of like, oh shit, I still have some of this stuff, but I'm glad I didn't go that low. You know, I'm yeah. glad like like I'm glad I, I straightened my ways a little <laughs> bit. You know, I'm not, you know, just like the ending of the show. I'm not completely over some things. Then uh, I'm not like a much better person than I was, but I, I've been surviving and I'm yeah. here. So, yeah, you've 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 gone through college. You got your degree. You did the whole uh, movie American plan. Now, <laughs> now you're like, OK, well, I guess this is my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think that's everything that I probably wanted to ask you, because like Juan, Juan basically just talked about how, you know, he wasn't able to relate to it, and I just wanted to ask him like more about it. And then Mike talked about like how his, uh, you know, how he was able to like be a neat, but not really because his parents would always like uh give him shit for it and then he'd go work and then his parents would be like oh why are you working you don't need to work uh you you know we make it <laughs> and then you know that cycle right and like did you ever get to like be a neat well like did your parents were they able to like pay for your stuff while you were in college or did you have to like take out a bunch of loans yeah so that was the thing so um I did have an allowance, like Sato. Like yeah. I did have an allowance. However, uh, like ninety percent of my college things were to pure loans. Oh no! So the allowance was more of uh, to get f- food. 
yeah. and stuff, you know, to survive because they wanted me to be a full time student. They didn't want me to try to like find a part time job or anything. And that's the thing that allowed me to be essentially almost a need. But I mean, I was still going to the college. Like I didn't uh, drop out. I didn't stop going. Um, but I mean, I can tell you, man, like sometimes there's a few classes, like especially <laughs> early in the morning since I wouldn't sleep at night yeah. that I would never go to. But and, you did it, Brian. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, like I got so close. But, you know, thankfully, thanks to like many things, not just the anime, but, yeah. you know, watching this, I, I reflected on a lot of my habits. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't go down this hole. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's very comfortable to be a neat, but yeah. at the same time, it's also really taxing on your mind because uh, at, at least if you come from like a I guess it depends on your cultural background but I assume if you come from like a family that expects great things out of you especially one like mine because um, I was essentially the kid that was going to finally come out of like an American college like yeah. we, everybody like came out of like um, back in El Salvador like all my fucking uh, siblings graduated from over there and everything I moved over here and so you, you know they still the have that thing one. yeah I was yeah. the chosen one it's like they were they were they would look at their own achievements and be like oh my god if we did this with Imagine our degrees from a third world be. country Oh my god, this guy's gonna be fucking rich. This guy's <laughs> gonna be awesome. This guy's gonna do so so many things. And I guess just having that in your mind really fucks you over, especially when just like being useless. Like I remember sometimes I would just spend all my money on like fucking pizza and like <laughs> not have anything to eat for the rest of the week or like or anything. It was just like bad decisions, a type of bad decisions. <laughs> yeah, and I want I want to ask you this also because like Juan and I talked about it in his like little thing. Uh, like our parent, I I feel like I don't know if this is just like an old timer thing or if this is like a Latin American thing, but like I feel like uh, my parents and apparently Juan's parents had like this expectation of their kids to like take care of them. Like, whenever they got older, they were like, you know, the like the reason that one of the reasons that I had kids was because they're going to take care of me and they're going to live, you know, they're going to help me live the life that I want to live and I won't have to do nothing. Right. And I don't know if you're like, if that was like a same sentiment that was had done in El Salvador and your parents got like. You know, I think that, that is I think that is something very common amongst the uh, Hispanic families. However, my parents are not like that. Wow. Uh, my parents are actually people who and they did get uh, degrees from third world countries, which I guess my parents didn't, didn't get or my dad. No, didn't no. Get uh, well, no. Um, well, OK, so my, my brothers and my brother and oh, sister did brother. get degrees. Yeah, my brother and okay. sister. But uh, my parents are actually from like. The el campo, dude. Like wow. they, uh, they worked the whole life. So that's the thing. So, yeah. um, they worked their whole lives to make my life easier, and yeah. they recognized that. However, um, they didn't make it so I could pay them back. They made it so I could live a better life. Yeah. But in doing so, they've been controlling like a lot of my life without even like trying to. You know, like. Yeah. Like, uh, like uh, now that they're old and they're, you know, they 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 talk to me about stuff like, damn, I guess I did fuck up yeah. <laughs> doing all this and this and this earlier in your life, and you know, sorry about that. Uh, 
you know, they uh, they put a lot of like pressure on us and expectations. And uh, but no, they never really expected us to take care of them. However, I, as the little brother, um, and since I have such a gap between my brother and sister, like we have like eight years from each other, yeah. and I'm the youngest one. I always and I. I always been the one that like accompanies my parents everywhere. Like oh, whenever okay. they came to the U.S., I was with them. Whenever, even back in El Salvador, whenever we they went to trips and stuff. Since I was the small one, I would always go with them. While my brothers were like in college and stuff, yeah. so I, I I have like this thing where they never told me, "Hey, we need you to take care of us," or you know, they never really alluded to anything like that. But I feel responsible but it, yeah, for them. Yeah, it it feels like it. It's not like they're not implying it, but you you kind of feel like uh, compelled, kind of. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, my fucking, especially like after my my uh, siblings came in here, they were like in other states. Like my brother's in Georgia, my sister was in Florida, now she's here in Texas now. But before she was in Florida, I'm I was like the only one here, and I I have like this. But I have to admit that's personal. That doesn't come from my parents. I have this like personal duty where I feel like I should be the one looking after them, especially now that they're getting pretty old. Yeah, and I I feel like that's also just like a human thing or for like most people where you feel like you have to take care of your parents when you're older. But uh, I I had the the honor and the privilege of being told when I was young, "You're gonna be wiping the shit off my ass." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably not the best way of putting that. Yeah. Even even if it will be true at some point, you know. Yeah, because like my my parents were also well, like my dad was uh, also from like the fucking campo. You know, he he'd just go out, take his shit in the woods, go back home because you know they didn't have toilets or anything or porta potties or not really not porta potties, but like outhouses or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, he came from that life where his like when he, he was like. To, like now that he's getting older and he like since i've been like 23 i've been slowly getting better with my dad but he was telling us like when i was like a little kid my my dream was to ride in the bed of a, of a pickup truck like i i couldn't imagine you know driving it but i always thought that when i grow up i'd be able to ride in the back of one <laughs> <laughs> you know that you know like that was his life that was his like goals and aspirations when he was like a little kid and then growing up to coming here to the u.s doing what he's done and then having kids he's like kind of like your parents where he was like man this is what i did imagine what they could do with their education exactly (laughs) yeah but yeah that's like a it's a whole other thing yeah yeah but i thought we should talk about it maybe just because it came up with like juan's uh juan sing yeah, no, I I do think that uh, that is very common. Like I've seen it on like other families, like not even like like I guess my tias and shit. Like I know my tias are like counting on their fucking kids to um fucking take care of them and shit. Yeah. So I think it's something common in our culture. It's just that my parents took like a slightly different approach. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I I ended up in this in a similar scenario anyways. <laughs> <laughs> even even though they never fucking told me that, it's like. I felt like I, I I feel I still feel like I have to do it. Yeah. All right, Brian. We'll stop it here. And that's right. enough. Now I gotta see if uh, these these two hours and forty minutes are worth keeping. <laughs>
<laughs> well, you have a lot of work ahead of you, but yeah, cause... let me know when when you have something. I, I really want to listen to that. All right, oh, I'll, I'll let you know whenever it comes out. Yeah, so you haven't really like gone through like all the corrupted shit. You don't know what's in there. You don't know what's uh, not there. I was skipping through it to see like what you and Mike talked about and what Juan talked about. I haven't listened to like the whole thing to see, uh, like where exactly it stopped and where exactly it started. So mm-hmm. I still have to do that, and I'm probably gonna do that tomorrow. And I'll just like, uh, probably like splice, not really splicing, but like, um transition like in and out these things and put like an explanation at the beginning the beginning or put something the, but the explanation that we got targeted by a fucking conspiracy because <laughs> yeah, we did <laughs> and then, cause, like, I've, been, I've been using the fucking like everything like normal like i've been using obs i've been using uh the recording thing that i use and i've been re- like everything normal and nothing's gone wrong this time like i don't it had to be yeah. it's a fucking conspiracy bride it was, Lenny! And it's perfect in the perfect episode. In the perfect episode. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta you gotta do something with that, Nini. I don't know why, but you gotta do something with it. Alright, I'll figure out what to do. And I'll I'll I wait for you to be underwhelmed by what I do. Ah, it's fine. Right. It's fine. You're you're doing a lot more than what I would do. Which is, you know, something else that this anime th- uh, reminds me of. Like whenever you try to like do projects with your friends, like the whole game thing, and yeah. then they don't come through because you know you both are like, or you know, you, you just don't get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've gone through that, but I've gone through that. It's like, yeah, I shit mean, that happens. Like I've, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you know this, Brian, but. uh I'm in a band, and uh, <laughs> I'm in, and I and I do this podcast. <laughs> the other thing that I also didn't remember was like how, like I don't remember the anime animation being so fucking shitty, but also. It was really nice that it was like fucking shitty. I don't know if you guys paid attention to it, but there were like points in, in like the show where like they were just kind of like, uh, like you know how kids draw those like fat stick figures where they're not actual sticks, they're just like little oh a circle little gingerbread men. Oh. Like they just kind of look like that, and I don't know why. Like I loved it every time that that happened because it was always happening when like they were just walking killing time the background music was happening like the foliage was going on yeah and i was like man this feels so well that good. that usually happened like in the early 2000s did it yeah like background characters and like if oh, walking, I, oh you mean the, the animation yeah, yeah yeah or people in the background in general yeah they're, they're just drawn shitly yeah Ghost and show is the same way and it was in 2001 yeah and i mean this is made by studio gonzo which i think is like uh is it known too much for like having the best uh, animation standard, as far as I know? But you know what do I know. But like, I don't know what it is about about all that music in the background music in combination with like the shitty animation, the foliage, <laughs> and like the like just people like passing by buildings and like. 
trees and the schoolyards happening. I'm pretty sure this is just like hitting like me and like you know my experiences and all that other stuff. But like I loved it every like, and it was a pretty good adaptation of like the light novel because like in that thing time just kind of passes like months just kind of go by yeah and with like there's no there like he just fills in everything with just like a few sentences and he was like yeah this happened and then this happened and you know now i'm here which you know you can't really animate that yeah, yeah by I the middle know. of the anime i was like Jesus Christ, how long has it been already? <laughs> like, has it been yeah, a year? No. Just talking about the animation, I think, I don't know. For me, it's like some sort of like the art style kind of like lend itself to just do stuff like that without mm-hmm. like breaking yeah, your like, immersion. Yeah, you, it, like, like, it didn't have to look good. Yeah, it, it, it kind of felt like it was just belonged there. It's kind of like when I, when I watch uh, ping pong and people make fun of it because they're like, oh, they drew that thing on MS Paint. But it's like... When you actually watch ping pong, the animation it's like, oh my god, this anime is fucking great, and the art style helps it. It's like, you know, like sure, if you take it out of context, it's gonna look bad or anything, but I think it fits the. Uh, it just, you know, welcome to NHK. It also fits like the story and everything, like the the art style. Yeah, yeah, like rewatching it, I didn't really like. I didn't really have much to say about the animation itself or anything. It was yeah, just it kind of like, kinda, yeah, kind of there, but it also fit. Like it, it yeah, seemed like, like they, they didn't it didn't bother me. It seemed like yeah. they blew their load on those fucking hallucinations that he was having. And then after that they were like, Yeah. We can take it easy <laughs> now. <laughs> we don't have to we do anything. We spent all our monies. Yeah. And another thing that I forgot when I watched the show was how hard to watch it was. Or at least for me. Cause like I would have to like pause it and I was like, No, don't do this. Stop. I can't. Ugh. And then like I'd I'd cringe and I'd have to send like my friend Christian, a message because I've been like bothering him to like watch the show so I can have somebody to talk about with it and, and until you know we did the podcast. But um, when I got to the MMO section of the of the thing, much like with you, um, it doesn't like repulse me to the degree that it does you. But mm-hmm. um, I I would have to take pauses, um, even though I know what's coming. It always like bothers me, um, especially when they get to that scene with the whole like. Where they reveal that the girl he's been talking to is actually fucking what's his name and what an asshole. Dude. Yeah, like <laughs> everything. Like I always like right up to the lead up when he finds out. I'm always just like, okay, let me just take a break here, and then I, I like go to YouTube for a bit and I start watching random like fucking shorts for a while, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, am I mentally ready to continue this? And then and then I go back and I'm like, here we go. <laughs> But uh, yes, I I definitely did feel like that for some episodes. Yeah, and I feel like uh, I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because I have like I just crammed all this NHK into my brain, but like I'm having a hard time differentiating between the light novel, the manga, and the the uh, anime. I don't know it's probably because you took it all in like within a short period of time. I heard when the recording stopped. I heard when the recording stopped. It basically stopped when I was like, so like it started off with the manga and the light novel were. It started out like one for one with like a little bit of detail, and I. 
Oh god, I, I hate this. Look at it, Juan. Look at it. Mm, so <clears> slow. But it started out with the manga and the light novel, like one for one. And originally, I didn't really, I didn't even want to like finish reading the manga, but I kept pushing through it. And like when it got to the off meeting, it like just like skirted out in a completely different direction. And I was like, "Wow, that's cool." <clears throat> and then, wait, Juan, can you talk? No. Okay. And then. After I finished reading the manga, I went out of my way and I was like, alright, I'll give this light novel a chance. Like, the guy the guy put in the work. I might as well, like, give it a chance. Keep, like, keep listening to read it. And, like, I liked it so much that I went out of my way to, like, buy the fucking, uh, the actual night lo- light novel. And now it's on its way here. And then nice. that's when, that's when the recording, uh, stopped. And now we're back where we were. And now we've 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 reached the summit. So, um, I guess the question to you guys, um, I think we'll start with Brian. Is like, how how did you um how did you like the ending, Brian? Like, how, how was your, you know, how, how did you feel that it like it, um, like did it fit the show or like you know, um, so I remember like you know because I watched it a long time ago. I remember that I thought the ending was okay before. But now that I rewatched it, it's like I I think it fits it. Like I like the ending. It's not like a great ending, like whoa, but it's like you know this show doesn't deserve a great ending. Yeah, yeah this ending. show doesn't deserve a great. Yeah, ending. for sure. I, I I can agree with that. And and what about you, Juan? Nah, I was like, it's an ending. It's, yeah, it wraps up everything. Everyone has quote unquote happy endings stuff for Sato, but. It's an ending. I feel yeah. like Sato has a as happy as an ending as he could get. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, a realistic I liked it ending. because I liked it because yeah, it was it was realistic in that it's like two still broken people um, can't yeah. just like suddenly you know their problems aren't just gonna suddenly disappear for them. And I yeah. really like that aspect of it. And I liked it when like he's like uh, narrating the ending and he's just like. And nothing changed. And nothing. He's changed. like, none of our problems were solved, and uh, we haven't changed this people. But you know, but we live on. He's like, I, yeah, I, I really like that. I like it when he's just like, you know, that he's like, I'm happy to like live in this like moment for as long as I can, and I, um, I, I really, really like that, and I, I thoroughly enjoy how, like, his solution to, like, her wanting to kill herself and everything was like. To double down on like the delusions, like just to like give into it and be like, you know what, fuck it, we're just gonna live with it. And yeah. I, I really, um, like I, I again, like the the thing is, is like it's not a good ending and it's not super amazing because you know the show that's not what kind of show it was. But I still fucking love like how he wakes up the next morning and like with the alarm clock and then like out of the alarm clock comes the little fucking. NHK gremlin things or whatever to, to like you know really just hammer in his, that yeah, like he's still there yeah that like he's he's doubled down on it that like he's you know he's dived a little bit further into like his delusions in order to like maintain the status quo with this girl and stuff and I'm like I like it 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 yeah, uh, narratively so the, it was great he's yeah. moving on he he All smacks right. them he he smacks like, the alarm clock he smacks them too it's like fuck I, I gotta I get up. Like, uh, remind me to bring up the light novel in case I forget afterwards. But, uh, like, I took it as, you know, he's coping with it. As yeah, like, as... He, he's decided to live with it instead of trying to, like, better him, like, to 
to and, like you know, completely erase it from himself. Yeah, because it's like something that he still has to deal with, and that's like the the thing that I like most about this anime. And it was like constantly brought up. It, like I feel like this anime broke the fourth wall a good amount whenever they were talking about the game because everything that they were talking about the game was something that was happening in the anime at that time, but what they were talking about was like trying to subvert the expectations and then they happened to do that in the anime because like there was a love interest and all these things were happening and like you know everything that you think would be like good things were actually like bad and you know like it it felt like they were very self-aware of like what like what was happening pretty tongue-in-cheek especially when um uh yamazaki starts yelling at him for uh putting uh misaki's name in there like over and over again instead of the um actual character or whatever and he's just like uh he's like going over the entire like scenario with the girl and he's like you know like when he says it out loud it's like oh this sounds really shitty but he's just like we're out of time fuck it just just change the name and we'll use it we'll use it fuck it yeah and it's like um but like i like it because it the show acts and like is played out like and i don't mean played out in like bad and like uh you know in those in a slang term but i just mean it as like it plays out like real life as opposed to what you would think of a you know a general show or an anime to be because like there aren't absolute solutions to problems it's just you know a slow you you slowly learn to cope or you slowly you learn take to it day by yeah, day yeah you take it day by day and this this anime just like takes it day by day. It doesn't have like, you know, Sato and Misaki falling in love with each other at the end. It doesn't have, you know, Yamazaki finally becoming the game developer that he wanted to be. You know, the his senpai isn't like come like head over heels for this guy that she thought that she would take for granted for and you know sato isn't like completely cared of his hikikomori stuff his line still has like problems and you know like it's very it's very realistic in that the ending isn't good but it's it's more real than anything that like i would see in a movie that i would come out of and be like oh my god that was so good i feel so sad like it's because, what all the characters deserve yeah. yeah and like the in the night in the light novel i feel like the ending makes a lot more sense especially after reading it after watching the anime because in the light novel um sato did come up with the scenario and all that stuff but they never like put out the game to like sell he like yamazaki just gave him the laptop after he left and like Sato one day turned it on to try and heat himself under his blanket because it was too cold. And he saw that there was an executable file on, on the desktop. And he started playing the game. And in that game, like he was like, ah, oh, there's such a fucking piece of shit. It's a political, <laughs> like it's a political er- eroge uh, trying to like get you to defeat the, the villain, which is like, you know, the bad guys. And it, like everything that Yamazaki was talking about through the entire light novel. But like the he got to the last boss and the only way that he was able to defeat the last boss was to use his special attack uh because he every time he would attack it would do no damage every time he would defend he'd lose life and his special attack was 
getting a bomb, throwing himself into the monster and ridding his life. Oh. Yeah. And once that happened... The, it's the, a revolution bomb. Yeah, it's a revolution bomb. But then the game went into a command prompt and it became just text on the screen. And Yamazaki just wrote. And then after this, you know, it's I didn't... After this... 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 Uh, how do I put this? Like, this ending is the only way that you can defeat the monster because once you are gone, then all your problems are solved. Like, there is no... Like, oh this, like, this isn't... Like, this is only a solution for yourself. Like, this is... It's not something... Like, you don't know if the monster is actually slain, but as far as it is for from your point of view, it is gone. It is and gone because is, you're yeah, gone. Because you're gone. And, you know, it, like, this is explained a lot more well in the the light novel but then like once you once you know that and then you see how yamazaki like pulls out his phone like that's the bomb and and i mean that's how it plays on the light novel like he's like that's right yamazaki i'm like this is you this is your game i'm about i'm gonna sacrifice myself for this girl i will use my special attack so she can live on and mm-hmm. like it it's funny how like how much closer the anime is to the manga I mean, that how much closer the anime is to the light novel than the manga is to the anime. I, because I would expect like things that are, were already drawn to be used more, but it wasn't. And I fucking love the stupidity of of that final thing. Because it's just like, you hear it and you're like, this is fucking stupid. But also, you know, makes sense. I like this. this is from the mind of a deranged person. Yeah. And yeah. Like, this is from the mind of guys that were fucking tripping balls on all these fucking hallucinogens <laughs> a whole bunch of times. And, and man, that like the ending scene in the light novel took hours, uh, you know, as, as it can in like a descriptive form. Like they were sitting, like Sato was sitting there for like an hour, and without Misaki saying a word, and he was like, just kind of like sulking in his sadness, and then like he had to talk to her for hours and hours before he decided to like finally try and kill himself. Misaki had a fucking box cutter; she was gonna slit her wrists. She took a bunch of sleeping pills, and that's how she got to the hospital. And, you know, because she tried to kill herself. And, like, it's just so different. And I like the resolution the light novel the most. But it's also, like, the very, very similar to how the anime ended. Because it ends with Sato on his bed looking at letters from Yamazaki and the senpai. And Yamazaki is like, hey, look, just like the anime. Like, look at this girl. She's so cute. Blah, blah. But instead of, like, being happy for them, he's like, go to hell. Fuck you. And then... (laughs) How dare you be happy? (laughs) And then his, um... So he reads the senpai thing, and he's like, look, I live in a big mansion now. This is my kid. We're so happy together. And he's like, fucking die. I hate you. And then, like, he's... He sees, like... And then he, like, just goes out of his way to explain. And then... I have to push those thoughts and emotions down and be happy for them. 
Cause, cause you know, he grew. Well, yeah. And it's something that I had to. Still a shitty person. He's still a shitty yeah. person, and like, that's probably what made me like relate to him the most, especially in the. Or, I want to say that's probably like what made me want to buy the light novel, because like, those thoughts are still there. But you have to. You don't have to learn to like live with them, but you have to know that they're a problem or. If they're they're not a problem for other people, but you know they can be a problem for you if you choose. You know if you feel like they are, and yeah. you, you know, I feel like, well, like I'm still like that. And as much as I like try and help other people and try and like do good stuff, you know those thoughts are still there where I'm like, man, fuck you, get out of here, <laughs> and then I go out of my way and I'm like. Fucking damn! Like, all right, let's go. Let's go do this thing. Let's go make you happy, because I, you know, I've been where you are, or I understand what you're going through, or you know, maybe I have no idea what you're going through, but hey, I want to help you out, and I like. And I haven't even written, like, I haven't even started reading the notes that I have for this. Uh, it started. It's blinking. It's blinking. Fucking suicide bomber. We I was like, yeah, I can, I can I see can that. that. Yeah. yeah. Dude, some of the shit that, like, there's a lot more CP in the manga and in the, uh, I mean, the wasn't, wasn't Yamazaki just, like, a straight up pedophile? No, Sato is. Yamazaki. Oh. <laughs> Yamazaki oh, was wow. just a lolicon. <laughs> yeah, Yam, I mean, Yamazaki is also the reason that Sato turned into, you know, what he is, I guess, because he, <laughs> cause he, he led him down the road. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know. Slip, he, he fell down the slippery slope, as they say. Yeah. Oh, come on. He yeah. was just taking pictures outside of a little fucking elementary school, whatever it was. Yeah, I yeah. Come on. Yeah. Oh, man. That scene is, like, so much more drawn out and, like, a lot more, <sighs> that like, detailed. Painful. And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, look at like that. That oh, scene was man. already no, no. really awkward, so I can't yeah. imagine how bad it got in the other iteration. And, dude, like, when he, like, Misaki also, like, tapped him on the shoulder and he was like, what are you doing? But, like, it was a lot. Like, he played it off, and he was like, oh, you know, blah. Like, he was able to, like, kind of, like... <laughs> he didn't fool her, because she knew exactly what he was doing. But, like, he, yeah. he fooled himself into thinking that he got away with it. <laughs> 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 and, like, uh, uh, he got all the way up to, like, his apartment, and then she was like, okay, so you're Lottie Con. <laughs> and uh, you're a pedophile or whatever. And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> she's just, She's just... <laughs> Fucking making him feel pretty bad, <laughs> but uh, so I mean, that that was what she wanted. She wanted uh, she wanted know, the lowest of the low. She wanted a mess that she could fix. Yeah, and I mean that's where I can relate to fucking Misaki. Also, also I started recording. The fucking NHK got to us and killed our video. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. It's a com- fucking conspiracy. <laughs> and uh, like that's why I relate to. Misaki also, because I'm also like that trash person, but like not not in the same way as her. Where like I don't feel like you don't gaslight, gatekeep, and girl boss. No, I like I don't do it to 
um to like feel better about myself in in the way that she does like where she wants somebody that's lower than her to validate her existence because at least there's somebody that's lower than she is like i probably would have felt that way when i was like 17 or 18 because at that time i wasn't uh like that like misaki as a character reminds me of a relationship that i was in with another with like the short-haired girl that i would consider like an angel at that time and like i keep into contact with her now and like she's very much the reason that i'm alive now uh which is why like that character existing like even as unrealistic as it would seem it it's something that i relate to very much but i also relate to her in that i'm i i was her and and i like try and like help people only because i'm like i've thought about this a lot because my dad does it also and i hate it because he's he he like like i know it I know that he's aware of it because he's always told me never give out anything that you don't expect to get back. And like, uh, how could I put it? Like those are words that only somebody who has been betrayed and let down hundreds and hundreds of times can, can give you like whether it's his, brother like workers that he has his family around him like there's always been people that have taken advantage of his kindness but he he's constantly willing to give it out and i'm not like to that extreme because i've seen how that goes and like how low you could get dragged down by that but like i've taken in more people than probably like i should have like you know, I took in Jordan, you know, rest in peace. I took in uh, my cousin RJ a few times. I took in Steven for a little bit. And then he, you know, that's a whole nother story where he's just kind of like going to the easiest road that he could find. But like there were like points where I've wanted to take in like a homeless girl and like help her out. Because I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe blah, 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 blah. And just like trying contort my fucking thinking into you know thinking it's a good idea or whatever and that's you know in that way i relate to misaki and uh like unfortunately in the manga that same black-haired girl that i related to and like calling angel now because i was able to like forget the problems and just look at the good side and you know our relationship is uh as good as it could be now uh that same angel was fucking misaki and the devil like the uh, or not the devil but she was misaki in the manga in that she was like very manipulative would constantly try to make me feel bad and like constantly try and make me do things for her and like wouldn't let me out of the relationship but i was also going along with it because i didn't want her to feel bad and like you know the whole thing that exists that i said before and like all these fucking like if you ask me if you tell me to tell you who this character reminds you of i'd have to name like a bunch of people on top of myself like in in every like we were talking well while the mic was off while the fucking computer was dead that like there there are aspects of all these characters that we feel like we can relate to 
at least you know everybody other than Juan apparently because Juan Juan says he, <laughs> he hates this anime. And they're very real characters <laughs> for sure. Yeah, they're very real characters at least for me. Like any even like during the the fucking off meeting in the anime when they went to go kill themselves like it never went to a suicide meeting or anything like that but it reminded me well I mean. For one, it reminded me of, like a movie that I saw with Grandpa, also rest in peace, called like Suicide Room, and how I knew people that were, were like I never got to meet them, but I knew people that were like drawn into those kind of things where like a you you grow a relationship with these people and you get into this pact and you decide to like kill yourselves and like um but you know later on in the episode there was. That thing when Miyazaki or when Sato started like picking up driftwood and started to try and start a fire, and how like people are people are somehow drawn to like want to help. Like you don't have to like this isn't your problem. Nobody told you to do anything, but for some reason there's something that that pulls you in to doing something. Like I was at a the last time that I went to go see Mark, we went to a, an art show. And all I was there to do was to hang out with Mark and, you know, just, like, hang out at the art show. Because it was, like, he was going to this thing that his, like, friend was putting together. It was his first show and blah, blah. And I get to the coffee shop where it was being held out of. And I saw all these, like, things of drywall. And I was like, oh, I guess they're doing work. I wonder, like, what all this drywall is for. And then I was like, I wonder where they're going to hang all their art. And then like they started taking the drywall out and he was like yeah so we got to make the the walls to hang the the art in and i was like ah oh, jesus christ i don't want to fucking do this this is my day off i fucking do manual labor all fucking week i don't want anything to do with it and then you know slowly but surely one person started helping then another person started helping then i was like fuck fine fine <laughs> i'll fucking get your fucking drywall and get out of here that's all i'm gonna do so then I, you know, it ended up that me and Mark were the people that actually, like, I was the person that wanted to do the least, but then I ended up, me and Mark ended up, like, taking out the most drywall. I was like, fine, <laughs> that's, a, you know, whatever, this always happens, blah, blah. And then they started putting it together, and they got, like, a two-by-four, and they started drilling it into the back of a drywall, and I was like, what the fuck are these guys doing? They, uh, you know what, this isn't, they... I'm sure they have, like, a plan. Like, they can't be, like... They they obviously have to be doing something. And then they started, like, trying to make a triangle with three pieces of drywall. So, like, <laughs> like a triangular wall standing up. And they were trying to drill it on... Like, they were trying to hold it together with, like, a piece of two-by-four sticking straight up. And... I was, like, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't, I didn't want to say anything. I just wanted to keep to myself and be like, you know what? Let's let these fucking chuckle folks do whatever. And then Mark blurted out, Hey, my cousin works in construction. He could, <laughs> he could probably help out. <laughs> and Jesus fucking Christ, like, I hated him because I was like, I, <laughs> don't, I don't want to do anything. I'm here to Did fucking you just hang out. Mark? No, I went and I told them this isn't going to work. You see how this is, the, how this two by four is square. And this angle is pointed. You're going to have to cut the two by fours or you're going to have to figure out a way to do something else. And I was like, ah, I don't want to like, I don't want to do any of this. But for some reason, you're just like, 
whether by something like some kind of force for some reason like pulls you in when to you, help you just you just see together. something wrong and you feel compelled to fix it yeah just know, like that yeah. just like that off meeting like it it's so weird like how many things came to mind everything like in a lot of these other scenes where like a bunch of shit would just always like flood my mind and i was like jesus fucking christ yeah it, yeah it, it also made me remember a lot of stuff uh actually that driftwood scene to me it was more of like whenever you see somebody trying to do something earnestly it kind of makes you want to help them out yeah that's that's the way i i took that scene i was like because I, I felt like that before like whenever i see people like doing their best to do something it, it not only like gives me like kind of like a thing to be like oh i should be doing my best too but it also like root for them and try to help them out I, I, that's just the way i took it yeah and that's that's you know that's probably how you should take it but like i just re- <laughs> when i watched it the first thing that came to mind was like that and i was like oh god i, <laughs> I didn't want to help at all and it wasn't even like a, a big problem like i've done i've had to like do actual work in people's houses because like somebody was like hey Nuni does this and then i'd have to like fucking run wires and take down walls and do all this other shit but you know that's another story for another time and you know some people should keep their mouth shut sometimes because <laughs> i don't want to fucking if you're not gonna fucking pay me i don't want to do shit now snitches get stitches yeah fucking mark blurbing out that i for some reason somehow i do painting and i'm like what the fuck are, not 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 the same mark but like the other vegan mark and to his friends and oh the, yeah i remember jesus christ i don't want god i hate him <laughs> i i don't want to do work i don't god, want to do any of this what what style was she wanting and, and i visibly cringed at her <sighs> i like glared at her and i was like mm, girl i i don't remember that I sounds just... like shit <laughs> Oh, she wanted to whitewash her her walls outside. Yeah, I know. Her brick walls. Yeah, I know. And she got the idea from Mark because he got some chalk paint. And, you know, it's all another story for another time. It's all a conspiracy. It's all a fucking conspiracy. It's all a fucking conspiracy. And another thing that I fell into was the the trap of, like, falling into, you know, getting caught in some kind of conspiracy thinking. Like, you know, a lot of people have. Like, not to this yeah. degree, but just to the point where you're, when you're kind of like, your thinking's a little messed up because, you know, you've been on the internet a little bit too long. <laughs> yeah. At those times, I tend to just, like, take a step away and just be like, a lot of, like, conspiracies and stuff like that um, are purely, like, internet-based in yeah. that nobody... In the right mind, talks or thinks about it outside of the internet. Well, in this day and age, yeah, in this day and age, people are perpetually you become the president. You can become a president. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like what what I'm saying is that, like, you know, in your day to day life, like, you know, you typically won't hear about this too. Like, you you won't hear about all those things too too often. Like, uh. I guess the best example for that would be like a lot of like you sudden like Twitter drama and something like you're not going to hear that very often on a day to day basis, like at fucking work or on the train ride home or bus ride, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah, like, not you know, not everywhere. Not everywhere that you go is going to be like an, a fucking novella. thread on pole. 
<laughs> yeah, like as long as you're able to like take a step away and like don't fall into insular thinking, like you'll be fine. It's like you just yeah. you just occasionally need to step away from those things. But like, you know, a lot of people, it's easy. It's easy it's to just easy to, to you know sit to there and just yourself that these indulge. are the problems in the world. Yeah, like um, indulge in this little like this little circular thing and never move from there. I mean, it's just like the anime. They're like it's just essentially you're looking for like sometimes life is so shitty that it sure does feel like a conspiracy against you. And so you're always trying to find something to blame and something other than yourself. So, you know, it's like, "Oh, I'm going to blame <laughs> God. I'm going to blame the NHK." Uh, one of the things that I love the most in the light novel was Misaki's like her her thoughts on god in that she was like you know i don't have a good imagination so i can't imagine god existing but i really wish he on it i recorded and we did everything exactly the same yeah but misaki's perspective on god was that she so she just didn't care what kind of God existed. She just wanted God to exist because in her mind, if God really did exist, then he was evil. Just like, you know, just like she came into, just like she thought in the anime. But she was like, if even if the evil God did exist, then I could blame all my problems on God because God is causing all these evils. And, you know, all the good that are happening to me are, like, coming to me because I brought them into my life. But, you know, I, there is no, there is no thing that exists that I can blame all my problems on. And I was like, man, I fucking love this chick. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, also in the manga, she was like a fucking manipulative bitch. And I was like, man, I fucking love this chick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also when she was, like, trying to help, sato out in the anime i love how how basic they made it because it it's very like realistic to if an actual like 17 or 18 year old started to try and help somebody with like a problem and all they ever had was like books at their disposal and they didn't have any like life experiences to play off of because you know, she just like would bring out things and would start talking about shit, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you keep telling her that. You keep it's telling really her that. Like, it's really the cute. Fucking, <laughs> the fucking dream with the snake and the gun. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the Japanese do love themselves some Freud. We fuck. Balls deep in uh, in fucking uh, MLM scams. Love to read. Yeah. Self-help books, Nanny would know. <laughs> yeah, they do love to read what, self-help books. What's MLM? Because I think of men loving men. Multi-level marketing. Multi-level marketing. Okay. marketing. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> God, I, I have no idea how this recording is actually going to sound. Because it's we've stopped like five or six times. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, this fucking conspiracy is going fucking nuts. I, I guess, this has I guess never happened yeah. before. No, we're gonna yeah, keep going. Really I want to talk about the NHK. I love this anime. I love this light novel. The manga's filled with shitty fucking people and it reminds me of my past, and I don't want to read it, but I like it too. But uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't even know where I was going with it. I forgot what we were I talking. About. I forgot what Brian was talking about before. 
the men loving men before men loving yes. men. Yes, he was. He was no, about, I was just. Uh, yeah, I was just talking about like fucking. Uh, how the conspiracies, like how it's like you know you're looking for somebody to blame, and you know Misaki mentioned God and how she felt about him, that, and that's how we came over. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right. I see. I see. You know what? Maybe we should end it before this thing just keeps uh keeps hey, breaking I, down. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you. You're it's, gonna just get frustrated. And I've been I've been getting more and more frustrated as this thing has been on because I've been wanting to talk about this show for a while. <laughs> like it's it's a it's an anime that I had in mind when we first started the podcast, but I was like, no, we should do this when we're better. We should do this when I know in a how everything episodes. goes. Now look at me. <laughs> now look I mean, at me. One, one of these wrong. days, one of these days, we'll have to like you know do a completely like you know in person kind of thing for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm down for it, uh, especially like I've been meaning to do an episode like that with just me and Frankie though to talk about Tokyo Ghoul. Yeah, and you guys did it last year, but I don't think it's like as good as it probably would not not even last year, like no, three I... years ago actually. Yeah, but that's it's why not. it's like we, we and we didn't talk about all of it. We wanted to like go over like the like the the entirety of the series. Yeah, like I I have a lot. Like I have all these fucking notes. Like I, Juan's been watching me erase like a decent <laughs> amount of notes, <laughs> but I have like I'm scrolling through a decent amount of shit that like uh you know maybe some things I shouldn't bring up. Maybe some things I should bring up. Like I've already like. I, I had to like sit in the parking lot today, sweating my dick off, fucking 105 degree weather, waiting for my brother to get back in because he was had to he had to do something in the air conditioning in the van doesn't work, and I was like, how much of myself am I gonna am I gonna expose to the fucking general public? Because in general, if I meet a stranger at a bar, I'm I'm a pretty open book to a certain extent. Like uh like uh, I won't tell him my deepest darkest secrets, but I'll tell him I'll get him pl- pretty close to you know the the fucking shovel where he can dig them out of and i was like but how deep am i willing to go am i gonna tell him about uh like what i said earlier about like uh how my misaki exists and how much of my misaki am i gonna reveal to them i'm gonna tell them that she was also a fucking cunt like she was in the manga but even though like i don't think of her that way like anymore because I mean, I even feel bad for calling her a cunt <laughs> right now. <laughs> but to, like to that extent, like the the relationship has changed that much. Where, like, you know, uh, I mean, but I also in that relationship, I was never the fucking good guy either. Also, like, how many, how how far into the suicide am I going to talk into? Am I going to talk about my suicide attempts and having to live in? in the fucking wallows of being caught in it by your family and bearing that load like for years and years and you know all that other stuff but you know don't fuck it we'll talk about it some other time it's uh because <laughs> something uh, something is interfering with yeah you because of the, yeah. fucking the nhk is interfering with our <laughs> life and like i don't even know i don't even know what to do with it and, like we don't have video this audio's been chopped up into like five segments that I'm gonna have to sew together. <laughs> on top of like cutting, uh, like I I see parts of the audio that are like way quieter than the rest of it, and I have no idea why. And you know, whatever. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to the next. Fine. HK. We'll 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 get together. 
We'll we'll buy a bunch of those uh those funny nerds ropes and we'll have a <laughs> good time. We'll have we'll get high. We'll we'll have a great we'll have time. A great time. We'll we'll live the light novel version of the NHK. Oh my! I dude, I didn't even mention that fucking I'm uh, the VTuber Amelia Watson fucking sang Pururin as like her live song, and and she would like sing it before, but I was always like, why do I remember this song? Like, why do I like this song so much? And it wasn't until I watched the first episode of this anime that not even watched the first episode until somebody told me that it was from Welcome to the NHK. I was like, what the fuck? I didn't even remember this song was from here. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I don't even have like the luxury of forgetting it. It's like a yeah. subconscious trigger. So. Same. The yeah. moment I hear it, I'm like, ah, oh, here we and go. And that's why I mentioned that I need to hear it muffled. That's why I don't like when VTubers sing it, because I'm like, no, I need, I need to be behind the wall <laughs> listening to it across the fucking wall. You, you gotta put some shit in front of your fucking uh, your speakers so that it sounds muffled. You're like, there you go. Yeah. That's the pururing I remember. <laughs> All right. We'll talk about this later. And the manga Misaki even bugs Sato's room. All right. We'll oh my get off of Yeah. She, she bugged his room. That's how she knew that she was with her, with the senpai and, you know, all this other stuff. And I mean, mm. I sent, I was sending you and Juan, like, uh, Yeah, you were pages. sending me manga panels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I didn't want to send you too much because I was like, man, shit's fucking nuts. <laughs> but uh, I mean, when you sent me the one where she was like, Taking a bunch of Percocet, I was already like, "Damn!" Yeah, she's fucking zonked out. She went to go. Yeah, because she was like, "If Sato likes, likes girls who do bitch. drugs, then I'll do drugs." And she just <laughs> takes like a fucking handful of Percocets, and, and then she goes over. Down. She goes to fucking Sato's apartment, all fucking zonked out, with her eyes huge and fucking glaze over, and sees Sato with her senpai and just runs away. And I can't imagine how fucking bad she felt. <laughs> dude i mean the, i imagine you know in the under end, the influence is pretty bad the end of the manga ends with her in the attic of where sato used to live because they put away sato like the the things that yamazaki gave sato they put them away in the attic as like keepsakes but they're gonna demolish the building and so, like Sato and her so, like stopped talking to each other after a while because he didn't want to do the contract with her. And then one day like Sato started working and he had like you know he had a new apartment and all this other stuff. But you know he finished paying bills and all this stuff and he had no money and he was like I haven't eaten in days. I have no money. What's the point of having you know having a job or whatever like we all been through. And um, yeah, he was like, oh yeah, we put the stuff in Yam- in Yamazaki or in the attic for. The things that Yamazaki gave me. I'm pretty sure there's food there. And then he opens the attic and he sees like empty chips and bags fall down. And he's like, what the fuck? Well, let me go in here or whatever. And then he sits there and he sees that fucking Misaki's been sitting in there. And she was like, don't come close. I fucking stink. And he he was like, how long have you been in here? And she's like, I don't even know. And, oh my fucking god what yeah they were like sitting in there while they were, the building was about to be demolished and they were like you know what let's oh god in the manga sato proposed to misaki and she threw the ring out the window and how oh, like it turns out misaki's whole idea like her whole plan in the in the manga at least not in the in the novel was that she wanted to be happy 
and then throw that happiness away so that like she wanted to fall in love and throw that love away so that anything in life will not hurt her. And she was a failure because she couldn't do it. And she was still in love with Sato. So she wanted to fucking die. And like, uh, there's so much I want to talk about. We'll end it here. We'll just stop. (laughs) We'll just stop. All right. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Uh, Patreon exists. Go do that. Part two. Part two, eventually. Say bye, everybody. Bye. No, no. no. Mike said Mike said Bye. Okay. I thought you were going to say something. Then on the Patreon, you have saucy images of me. Uh, I was going to say something, but then I was like, (laughs) I don't want to actually associate with that. So I was like, never mind. (laughs) Oh, you don't want to talk about (laughs) <laughs> no, I was gonna make a joke, but then I was like, even that joke feels like not my thing. So no. okay, all right. I-, I was gonna jokingly say justice for Chris Chan, but then I'm like, you know, <laughs> I think the- I was like, you know, I think that's too far for a joke. I, was like, I think that's too much for a joke. I was well, like, I can't stand behind that boy. I'm sorry. I well, we'll I see can't. if I edit that out or not. I guess we'll see. Thank you, Diddy. Uh, I mean, I'll keep it on the Patreon. It's what they deserve. <laughs> but the thing that gets released, I don't know. Whatever. Justice for Christian. We'll see you guys later. Bye bye. He's going to court. Uh, he's gonna. He's actually going. <laughs>